This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Istvan. All Imperial forces, stay away from Istvan 5. The fort flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Free Van listeners, and welcome to episode 102 of the Radio Free Van podcast, a Horus Heresy 30K podcast. My name is Michael. I've got my co-host, Scott. I'm going to say what's going on, Scott. Just the drunk uncle of this podcast, man. <laughs> and, of course, powerful Ryan Kimmel. Go and say what's going on, Ryan. What's happening, everybody? So we're recording this episode on Mother's Day, so Derek was going to go spend time with his lovely mother and so unfortunately he couldn't be here with us so we don't get to hear about him as a heart and soul apparently do what (laughs) he's the only one with a heart and soul oh yeah i know my mom does not (laughs) like me like i mean ever since i was probably like 13 my mom like for mother's day it's gonna make her sound bad. She's like, just leave me alone for Mother's Day. Like, just get the fuck out of my face. Like, like, haven't you done enough to ruin my life already? <laughs> Can you guys just leave me alone for one day? No, yeah, but like that's our thing. Like that's what we know for like Mother's Day. My mom just gets to go do whatever the fuck she wants, and we just kind of like, you know, cool. So that's 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 why I'm not spending time with my mama. But uh, so yeah, so we don't get to hear about Derek getting his ass kicked in by custodes. Uh, <clears throat> It's pretty rough. I, I I came to the tail end of that uh to that battle. That fucking war crime going <laughs> Dude, on for real, <laughs> for real, man. Oh, uh, you know, back in the day, like during World War II, the Britons wouldn't attack you unless they outnumbered you, like unless there was like a three to one like ratio that they were gonna destroy you. And <laughs> oh my god, that's how custodes roll. Like they picked that battle pretty <laughs> pretty one sided, so. It's pretty bad. There's a lot of custodes left on the table and not a lot of Derek. Sorry, Derek. I know you're listening to this right now, but nothing you could have done. So, anyway, what do we have for this episode for you people? Uh, I know that we said last week, we said this was going to try and be the pain episode, but we've got so many interviews that we're doing for this pain episode, we just haven't gotten them all in yet. So, we'll set that up for next episode. Because we've already got quite a few recorded already. So stay tuned for that. Uh, I'm happy with every single interview we've done so far. And there's so many tips and tricks on it for the pain episode that it's like everything that I could have hoped for and dreamed for. A paintisode, as it were. Yeah, a paintisode, man. Get ready for that. Mm. So what do we have for this episode? We're going to do some Weekender talk. Well, we're going to do Hobby Progress. <clears throat> then we're going to jump into some Weekender talk. We're going to talk about Titanicus and all the stuff that will release, like the Alpha Legion Praetor, the Carnadon tank, uh, all the things that they were showing off. Uh, then we're going to go into some of your voicemails and some of the stories you guys sent in. And then we're going to break off for a little musical interlude. And we're going to do a piss little list. So... Sounds like a good time. Who wants to start off in the hobby progress? I'll do it. I'll start off in the hobby progress. Talk to me. So, I finished up my uh, little section of our charity army thing we're doing for Nova and got that turned in to head coordinator Ryan, Ryan O'Kimmel. <clears throat> um, 
those came out pretty well. I was happy. A with middle them. management, a middle management Ryan Middle, Kimmel. <laughs> yeah, middle management Ryan. Kimmel. Ryan looks him over. and sends him back. <laughs> Assistant to regional manager Ryan Kimmel. Um, so uh, got those done, and I saw the the other stuff that the painters that have been tasked out for this saw what they painted as well. It's a great looking army. I think it's going to find a good home, hopefully. So I posted those pictures up on the Facebook. If those interest you or you're interested in an army or something similar, keep your eyes peeled for when that Nova open charity raffle goes, well, you got to be at Nova. You have yeah. to be there. Yeah. You have to be there. So fucking know that. Or know someone that's going to bid on it for you. Yeah. So fucking go there and place a bid and, or, you know, have someone surrogate place a bid for you to get yourself a sweet Iron Warriors army. Because, I don't know, the motherfuckers who are painting it know how to paint, if I do say so myself. And the guy who <laughs> built the list may have built a list or two in his day. So, I think it'd be a pretty good investment if you manage to win that, win that thing. But, uh, that was fun. All my World Leader shit's done for this weekend for Music City Heresy. So, that's May 8th in Nashville, Tennessee. David Sampson's running that event. It's off of a place called Murfreesboro Pike. It's like a bypass that runs around Nashville. And uh, going down there, along with Ryan and uh, Nick and some of the some of the other guys from Kentucky, and all head down. I think they have about twenty five people signed up in total. So it's going to be a pretty good turnout. And uh, ready to go play that. I played a played a game with Nick actually yesterday with my World Eaters and. Uh, really good game i played against his white scars and i have grossly undervalued how good white scars are like um they had the glaive thing you know the little weapon upgrade they can have that's either a, a standard power sword or i think it's basically what an at instant power axe uh, at initiative yeah yeah that thing's fucking awesome it's like really really good and i Totally underestimated how effective that was. It's be. the thing I always bring up when people cry about the Blood Angel sword because I'm like, you do realize you can get like eight of these fucking stupid white scar things in an army and has a way bigger effect on the game than one yeah, sword. It's brutal. And uh, so I charged the unit of Red Butchers in there into a unit of Outrider bikes. There was like there were like eight or nine Outrider bikes, and then th- two or three characters with those glaives attached. And uh, I figure, you know, five Red Butchers will do it. To just about any unit. Any unit it like the things that are good at killing raid butchers are like fire drakes or cataphracty terminators with power fists, shit like that that'll double them out. Well, I never really think about add initiative AP two very much because the guys have multiple wounds that can soak up a lot of a lot of abuse and still each guy has five attacks on the charge, Patriot, you're rolling ones. They successfully charge all this shit. Well white scars are all of that too. So he had a chaplain attached to this fucking unit. They'd move the past turn so they get to reroll ones in combat. And they have a fucking buttload of these glaives that swing an initiative. Red Butcher sure shit don't do that. And they fucking massacred. I ended up losing that game, I think, 12 to 10. So really good fucking game and a lot of fun. Super close one. He, he ended up pulling it away from me. It was Blood Feud. Pulling it away from me on the last turn because he killed or Caribdis that had one whole point left because crashed into a building and an ambulance that I had flown over to the other side of the table to kill one of his units with the fire sword. So it was a lot of fun, but I feel like I'm ready for, for next weekend. I got a drop assault Vanguard list, 
I have a Pride of the Legion list and a Crimson Path list. So I got three lists for three games. Bring all three of them out, and I'll play, you know, a different list each game and see how it goes. But it should be a lot of fun. Last year was a blast. I don't think this will be any different. Joe Kirkus and uh, David Samson both both made it a great event, and I look forward to it, man. That's me. Man, dude, that's super exciting. I'm uh, uh, it, I heard they sold out, right? It's like can't even buy tickets. If yeah. You to anymore. So the event, the event is like filled the fuck up. Like it, it they have sold as many tickets as they possibly could like for the fire amount code of people level. that have been yeah. yeah, yeah. So the the event itself started out as a Kings of War tournament. Like there, there were a lot of old fantasy players back in the day who were had a big, you know, fantasy circuit going on. Well they all went to Kings of War when fantasy got fucking blown away. So there's like I don't know. 60 maybe 50 or 60 fantasy players and then 25 heresy players i don't know what else they're having there i imagine they're having other games too i just haven't having a having a fucking clue what they would be you know <laughs> with some 40k yeah there was some 40k there last year but i think even last year heresy had a bigger turnout than 40k did so um i don't know if they're even gonna fucking bother with that this year um but it should be should be pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing some pictures, man. Like I'm sure. definitely looking. You know, if Samson's going to be there, there's going to be some ridiculously painted stuff going on. Because whenever yeah, Samson goes brought, to an event, so he he works really hard on all those tables, and he brought um, a bunch of his armies and shit last year, and was playing them with like pickup games and mega battles and shit after hours and. We got lots of good pictures that way, so I'm sure there'll be a lot of that too. I'm planning on getting down there probably a little earlier Friday afternoon, just to try to beat rush hour traffic going into Nashville because Nashville's a fucking hornet's nest. At about five o'clock, everybody's fucking fleeing the city and going all over the place. So Scott doesn't want to ride with me, so he's duck dodging and weaving <laughs> and making it not happen. That's right, man. I fucking, <laughs> but uh. Trying to get in there before we're all fucking hell breaking. Um, it's a really good time. And then other hobby projects. I really don't have much, man. I'm waiting on my termite to come in from Forge World. That's they. I expedited expedited the shipping, so that should be here like today. I think my breachers and shit. You know, it only cost me the low low price. For my firstborn child. <laughs> so, but um, that's. Once, once those tin breachers and the termite comes in, I'll work on those for my iron warriors, and then I'm kind of at a fucking standstill for a little bit. Fantastic, dude. So termites on the way, but you won't have them in time for. I'm sure I would. If it gets here Monday or Tuesday, I could paint them up. And but I'm bringing world eaters, and I don't really want to take two armies down there, you know just for my own fucking sanity. I don't last time last year, I had a fucking car accident on the way down there. Oh, so that's right. You hit that Jersey wanna, barrier, right? Yeah. I don't want to have two fucking armies in my, in my shitty ass, in my little tiny crawl. If, if I manage to smash into another concrete wall again. So <clears throat> I hear you, dude. I hear you. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen again. Hopefully you got your nice new car and 
Don't yeah. hit one of them yeah. <laughs> barriers. That's right. Uh, so Ryan, man, what you been working on, bud? Built more BattleTech shit. Ran a game club <laughs> night. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I love it, dude. You're getting real deep in that BattleTech, man. Real deep into it. Ready yeah. to. I'm pretty sure right now I see that glazed look in your eyes. That means you're looking at battle. Oh, I worked on some. Right uh, I worked on some dark age miniatures too. Haven't really done much with 30k. I need to get. Uh, I had to clean up my basement and shit from the last event to get things ready for this game night, and then uh, got that done. And part of where the tables were at was in my room where I airbrush. So now that that is cleaned out, I can get. Tomorrow, for, which is Monday here, um, I'm going to start airbrushing those uh, Nova charity things. They're primed and ready to go. I just need to airbrush them, then I can start painting on them. I'm going to get those knocked out, and then I'm going to start working on uh, terrain just to get it done. Because I got this rack behind me, and then I need to work on those two tables for uh, Heresy Camp. Then we recorded a Heresy Camp episode. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Fantastic, man. Sounds like you you had a good week. You had a good week. No questions there. I guess on a My Hobby progress, uh, so I got in my Pop Goes the Monkey Swords a while back for my Tataris Terminators and my Tataris Terminators, Alexis Pollux, and... Um, 10 more dudes with last cannon. Well, 10 more dudes plus the rise of pattern last cannons came in. Uh, so I get to repaint that entire fucking unit that I've already painted one time. And then, uh, but I was most excited about getting those, uh, Tataras terminators in because I had like modeled up what I thought those swords would look like on them. And after assembling them, those swords are exactly what it looks like on those terminators. <laughs> so it's pop goes the monkeys, Imperial fist swords, I'm using them as power fist on my uh, Imperial Fist Tataris Terminators, and then I got them the uh, Tataris Pattern Storm Shields. So they're just like uh, Templar Brethren Terminators. Uh, nice. I really, like, so here's the thing. So I really, I was going to paint them black, but I'm so not a good black painter. And, like, every time I paint that yellow... It comes out really nice once that like last filter goes over, and so I was like, "No, I'm just gonna paint them yellow, and I'm gonna give them red, red helmets, like red with the white stripe helmets." And so I'm not going Templar Brethren. I'm just gonna do like. But what's really cool is their shields are so big that they're just like ready to be deckled, like you know, decal just this entire fucking shield. And so I'm super excited about that big flat surface to put some decals on there. Um, nice. But I got those guys fully assembled and the first layer of paint on them as well. Uh, well, actually, I primered them and then I got, you know, I primered them yesterday. I got them in Friday. I primered them yesterday and they dried, like, uh, from my Caleb Wissenbach CK Studios course. He told us that ideally you want to wait 24 hours for your primer to be dry before you start painting on it. And so I've been following that little tidbit of advice. It's been working really well. And I haven't had any chips or break-offs 
sense, so I guess it works. Um, I mean, it definitely works. Like that, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. It like gives it enough time to bind. I didn't know that you were supposed to wait for primer to dry. I've always like put it on, let it like wait 30 minutes, and then start applying paint. But you got to give it time to bind, and then once it binds, it's like on there forever. Um, so I painted that first coat of yellow today actually earlier today got that bad boy on there and that's about it with them well, i'm super excited what those guys are going to look at um switch up my whole painting strategy i've been using popsicle sticks after like my painting interview with uh powerful dave over at uh perpetual painting he talked about how he just like super glues to these popsicle sticks instead of using blue tack and i want to say that's a game changer for me and like, like, uh, I feel like it's a very simple thing, but it definitely did change my life. So I did that, uh, hobby progress related, but not really like it'll come into play with our, our listeners. So I magnetized a fuckload of dust infantry for my, uh, for my magna rack. I magnetized 50 dudes worth of, uh, worth of magnets and, I ordered a 10 millimeter by one millimeter magnet, which is like a super thin, but super wide magnet. And it fits perfectly under the dust bases. Okay. And I'm like, Hey, this worked out really well. Magnetized all my dudes. They fit on there perfectly. And I was like, okay, let me go ahead and order more of these magnets. So I went on eBay, which is where I order all my magnets just because they get here super fast. And I was like, let me go ahead and see what the cheapest price of these magnets are. Cause I still got like, I don't know, like 200 infantry to magnetize for dust. And I found like the cheapest 10 millimeter by one millimeter magnets I could and ordered 800 of them. Right. And then I went to my game store uh, to watch Derek get his ass whooped. And I, (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking to the guys at the game store. I was like, yeah, man, I just ordered, you know, 800 magnets waiting for them to come in. And Chris Locker, the owner of the game store, uh, Legacy Games, he goes, oh, that's cool, man. What power did you get? And I was like, fuck if I know. And he's like, well, that's a, like, did you, like, get N52, N50, N35? I was like, I have no idea what any of those numbers means. I just know the size. Uh, so it turns out that's the power rating. And if you get these, like, N35 magnets, they're pretty like super weak magnets. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. N52s are the best. Yeah, so the magnets I got in for my dust miniatures originally that came from good old USA and like we're here in like a day were N52s and that's the ones I'm using right now. And I I go and look at what the magnets I just ordered were and they're N35s. I'm like, ah, that's why I was 800 of them for like six bucks. Like, of course... Of course I bought like this shitty neodymium magnets or whatever. So absolutely uh absolutely been fucked yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I ordered 800 of the wrong the magnet. Price. But I mean, you know, it's a learning <clears throat> experience. What can I say? Uh I figured I would share that with all of you guys. And and 52 is the uh is the way to go. I don't know what to say. Like that's, I, 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 J Magnus, man, that's the way to go. Well, J is the best. Well, did you, did you, did Scott, did you know about the N rating? Yep. Am I sure the only? Did. How like 
I don't know. Fine. It's because me and Ryan are better friends than you and Ryan, so he told me not you as well. <laughs> well I don't know. I don't know after today. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I don't know. Mr. Goddamn Battletech over here. Fucking. <laughs> Old fucking Mr. Pro Basketball. <laughs> if Battletech sponsors a pro basketball team, we're really fucking all the rocks. <laughs> so, mommy and daddy are fighting, everybody. Uh, just so y'all know. <laughs> So, also, uh, I thought he loved me. <laughs> hobby camp wise, or heresy camp wise, and hobby wise, I got a fat order from Mortis Terrain. That's M O R T I 5 Terrain. It's just like go type that in onto Facebook. And I ordered a pretty big order of their like pre made city, and that came in, and it's pretty nice. It's like it's like foam terrain. It's not like a blue blue forge or anything like that. It's just really decent terrain that you can just toss out. Bunch of buildings came out real nice. So those came in, ran them to the office, and I set up the the table in the office with all that terrain. It looks super good. Like it did take two sets of the city to fill out a table, even though when they have it all together, it looks like oh, I just need one set per table. It does take two of those sets to fill out a whole table, but still looks pretty good. So. Yeah, what else? What else did I work on? I think it's going to be about it. Got my... There's going to be one more thing I was going to shout out, but I definitely cannot remember. If I remember it later on, I'll bring it up, but I can't. So, anyway, you want to do Weekender Talk? Yeah. Let's do some Weekender Talk. First off, let's talk about Titanicus, man. What are you, uh, what's your thoughts on Titanicus there, fellas? Who wants to start? Go ahead, Me? Scott. I can start, yeah. I don't know, I wasn't really there, and I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not, I, in case you guys haven't noticed, I'm not really a details man. I just kind of, just kind of go with the flow, but, um, when I originally saw the, the miniatures go up, I thought they were like resin, especially the big titans. The like the warlords and stuff. So, and I, the reason I say that is because there seemed to be a lot of detail in them, you know. And I don't, I do not understand the process of taking th- something from one very, very large scale, like you know, infant child size scale, and then shrinking it down while trying to maintain that level of detail. But it seemed to me they did a pretty good job of it, and especially. I felt that was noticeable with the little knights because their legs aren't like, you know, I am here, fucking look at my balls with their legs spread shoulder shoulder width apart or whatever, kind of like the plastic ones are. Like some of them were actually striding forward and stuff, and I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, like so there's they don't like, look like some sort of Sam. Yeah, like- yeah, they fucking don't look just like what are you? I could fall over any any sort of wind plus be over. But uh um so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I had I owned a, a night house, like I painted up all these fucking Sarastas nights and spent all this money and shit because it was something I always wanted. Just I like nights, like I like the idea of them and the aesthetic of them. But I found it very hard to take those and play them and pick up games because it's an army that is very like off-putting, I think, to a lot of people, 
because it's not necessarily it, it can be fun for some people to play against them but for other people that's not like something they want to fucking deal with so i sold them i think this is a good way to kind of like enjoy that aspect of the fluff and the story and the aesthetic in a way that's a lot more manageable like it's a lot more downscaled and you know a less of an investment i mean i i think they said that i don't know how much the starter box is i, I assume it's somewhere between 200 and 250 bucks but that's a lot cheaper than me having to buy seven more Serastis nights and paint those up and fucking buy foam for them to total them all over the fucking place and not to mention the amount of ass paint it goes into assembling on paint and stuff. Uh, I thought it looked pretty good. And I know a lot of heresy events and stuff have tried to work in like supporting components of their campaign. So just like work in Balfour Gothic or Epic 30K and things like that. I think this is something that's going to be, you know, pretty easy just to blend in, you know, to to pre-existing stuff that that's things certain event organizers want to do or not you know so i'm excited and uh i'll i'll probably pick up one of those one of those boxes probably just one you know just so i can have something to paint up for my own personal enjoyment you know while i don't have anything else to fucking do and uh <clears throat> i don't know I'll, I'll poke around and see if there's if there's big interest to play them or not i really don't give a fuck if i play a whole lot of games with it or not i just like I just want to own my own little set of fucking knights. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, as far as like the actual tabletop and stuff, we'll see. I mean, I live in a big city and I, I'm a member of a big game club. So, how that picks up. But yeah, that was my impression of Titanicus. I thought the buildings were cool. They were, I know they're doing like a full, a full like run of, buildings in that scale i think brian said the scale was 10 millimeter so, uh no i don't know it's big it's big it's something yeah something whereabouts you know it's way bigger than old epic right right so uh i think that's really cool i mean i think that box comes with like two warlords a cup like six knights and some train along with like a little mini rule book so i'll you know check out the building qualities when with that you know, if I can actually get my hands on a fucking box and then uh, <clears throat> see if it's something I want to buy more of. Do they, you do know, they I don't plan on releasing anything other than Titans or is there like a. No, not right now. They said they're not going to go full epic currently. And they're not, uh, they said that that is subject to change, but there, it's not on the horizon at all. And they said they are not going to do an Imperator. People asked that and they said no. <laughs> yeah. So. They said we don't have the CAD drawing for that. We like we can't go. We're not going to pay a creator to make it. Yeah. So uh, I'll probably do that. Um, I don't. I don't see it. Like thirty k is like a more. I don't know. This is like like a one off kind of game. You know, sort of like skirmish level games. So. I see it as like just something to do for fun every once in a while, just to break up. Like, you know, if I played with one of the four armies I have a lot, I'm just like, fuck, I need, I, or I don't have time. You know, it could be a time issue where they this isn't that many models, so it's not like it, I can't imagine it would take super long. You know, maybe I could 
bust out a game of this for a palate cleanser, like you would a skirmish game or something like that, or you know whatnot. So it, yeah. it does look really cool though, and I was I was very impressed that they could fucking like I said, I obviously you know I'm fucking not exactly the go-to guy for the brains and mechanics behind this podcast, but I, I do not understand how they shrunk that shit down and maintained the level of detail that I was able to perceive from those pictures, but it's, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, man. Definitely looks super cool, man. I'm, I'm most excited <clears throat> about playing it on a 4 by 6 table, like playing it on like a massive table. Yeah. And like using Titans to their full potential, you know, like yeah, like in a way that is like feasible. Like yeah. it, it really is. Like I know pe- a lot of people love Mega Battles. Like they're all about it, and it's something they do. I'm not one of those people. That's just me. Nope. But it's just fucking chaos and screaming, and there's fucking people everywhere, and I can't keep track of what the fuck is going on. Like I just can't do it. This is a way of taking that experience, at least in some way, and like shrinking it down to be like, here's big robots, not too big. Like, and you and your buddy can do this in a nice, calm manner and not have fucking random fucking people all over the place, your left and right, screaming at each other, fucking spilling drinks all over the goddamn $2,000. So, I like that. And, uh, Yeah, I'm a. I hope that they start bringing in other models to it, like instead of Titans. I'll be yeah, yeah. Be I mean, I would imagine. Them. I would imagine it depends on how well this goes. You know, if they're fucking, if this started, if this, if they view this as like a successful business, you know, decision that they can pump more money into, maybe they'll expand it, or maybe they won't. Who knows? Yeah, one thing I definitely. Uh, I'm kind of worried about is like historically so far this year, games workshop hasn't been super good about supporting the games that they release. I think no. that's fair to no. say <laughs> yeah. in the release, like the schedule, if you get really passionate about something like Necromunda or something that you're really interested in, like, <laughs> and your shit doesn't come out in that first wave of releases, you're just going to wait for a very unknown specified amount of time for whatever it is that really piques your interest to actually come the fuck out, you know, if ever. So, Hey, Ryan, is this considered, is this a specialist game? Is this considered a specialist game? Yeah. So does that mean all the Forge guys have to work on this instead of Heresy? Yes. Uh, God damn. <laughs> yeah, I would rather, like, look... I'm excited for Titanicus. I think it's going to be sweet, but I would much rather yeah. have that team working on Fortworld stuff, like heresy stuff. Yeah. If that's a fair yeah. fair to say. I like Titanicus, but I like 30k a hell of a lot more than right. What right. I think this I is like, like a, This is like a nice little compliment to 30k, but I don't like for me, I don't think it would it's not going to have the same like emotional time, like investment for me because 30 K there's so much that goes into it on the scale that it is like, this is just like a little something you could buy and have it off in the corner and, you know, play every once in a while. Uh, <clears throat> they made a little 10 millimeter Thunderhawk, dude. I would buy the piss out of that. <laughs> 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 they do so many Thunderhawks. Just play it. 
Just play Epic 30K. But then I have they to make go all like, that stuff. Then I have to go find like a dude in the back alley who and like give him the right password and like get in the secret club that remakes these damn things and that's way <laughs> too hard. Like that's so much work. And it's like nah. and I try I already tried. Anyway. I already tried to get in that secret club and it didn't <laughs> I happen. I tried. It went horribly. <laughs> <laughs> my three D printer returned on me, started shooting lasers at me, <laughs> killed my roommate. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, what else? What else came out of the weekender? Scoria, uh, Scoria, Scoria looks great. Uh, a little yeah. bit, a little bit. Uh, the 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 base is kind of weird to me. Is that like a scenic like hill base? I've never seen that base I don't before. Know. It looks weird. Like like from from head on. It looked fine. It just looked like him crawling down a like a you know a facade of something, but the backside of it looked like a like just a solid plinth, just like smooth. Yeah, but if you actually looked at the base, like it was like solid resin the entire side of the base. Yeah. So like, is yeah. that like the thickest base they've ever made? That was like a solid. Yeah, that motherfucker weighs a solid thirty pounds. If it does, <laughs> dude, Jesus. Yeah, that's that's a very strange little base that they got going on there. It model wise, it looks cool. That's like exactly kind of how I pictured Scoria. Uh, I thought it would be some sort of mechanical, uh, like Spider Man, fucking Doctor Octopus. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of went into the Elder Wraithbone kind of look with the legs, like something like a much more anatomic. Uh, not I don't know, like biological mechanicus kind of thing. It definitely looked like something that they they nailed it. They did it right. So Scoria looks great. Um, happy that's on the way. Did we need an Alpha Legion Praetor? That was coming like like random Praetor dedicated to the Alpha Legion. Do we have any other Praetor dedications for any other Legion? I guess they know where their money's at. I guess they just Legion's need- the most popular le- Legion, yeah. <laughs> and the models look sick. Yeah, there were some good. of my favorite models that came out, and I don't even play Alpha Legion. <laughs> I kind of hope this if this thing sells. Is well, it bad but... that I'm not looking forward to the Scoria model just because I don't want to play against it? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> that is a major. That is a a major fucking cause or consequence of that. Yeah, but uh, it, I, it, I kinda it was kind of like Legion. <laughs> building your own Scoria was like a, the entry into playing Scoria which really held off a lot of people from using Scoria. And now that you could buy one, it's definitely going to be a little bit. I just, like I said, it would, it would be nice if it came with reasonable rules when you bought it, but yeah, he's a fuck. God, Jesus. But, uh, I think the alpha Legion dudes look really awesome. I kind of hope that sets a precedence for them to do that for other Legion specific HQs, like a fucking, you know, a world leaders specific HQ or, uh, you know, Raven guard specific Praetor things like that. That'd be pretty dope. Yeah, man. But they know, they like know back, all back the dudes play. Alpha Legion. Yeah. Like they, um, they had released like a iron, iron hands, iron father. Like when the, cause that was one of the first legions. They really did like a full run of, Legion specific stuff, so hopefully they're kind of getting back in the groove of that. 
No, nah, they're busy. They're gonna be busy making Titanic and stuff. <laughs> so very true. The Lanarins got shown, man. Those were super well. If they nice. sell, if they sell three boxes of it, at least they'll pay for their tooling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the Lanarins were shown on there. They look pretty great. Uh, Alfarius was already shown, but people were already were able to buy Alfarius at the weekend, right? So that was yeah, I think so. I, I, well, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, the, I saw people on Instagram already unboxing him. People already painting him up and everything like that. Anuj already had his painted up and done. How dare he? I yeah. feel like he might have abused some fucking worker privilege there for that. Mm. Yeah, mm. it looked great. Yeah, it looks awesome. The boy can paint, man. Who knew? Like what? Like <laughs> he's an MKA student. Oh, naturally. <laughs> Naturally, good paint. He's learned the dark arts, man. Yeah, the Theo Vaughn dark arts. Yeah, the fucking the dark, dark arts. arts. Paint. <laughs> so yeah, they showed the uh, OSHA not approved land speeder again. Uh, <laughs> the danger speeder. The danger speeder. <laughs> uh, they showed the automatic peves. It didn't even have a little card to like read out what it was. They just hid it behind the. Like they like a little Easter egg. They put it behind the land speeder. Like, yep. Yeah, like, <laughs> well, you've had a manic pervase players get a little oh, closer with the with the click of this button. I'm about to spend two hundred and fifty dollars on six millimeter terrain. There you go. And then uh, they showed the book eight previews. It just shows that it was on time and everything like that. And then, really, I mean, as far as, like, stuff that we haven't seen before that wasn't Titanicus or Alpha Legion stuff, uh, the Carcondon tank. What is it? Hold on. Carcabundus tank. Carcabundus. Carnadon. The Carnadon Car tank. Carpark Abundus. Carpark Abundus. So this tank dropped as well as the rules, man. <clears throat> so this is a Imperial Militia and Colts tank as well as a solar auxilla tank uh for the imperial militia it's a 60 point model for the solar ox it's a 65 point model uh it is a heavy support choice for both uh the only difference between the two outright is oh no there's a bunch of differences never mind so the, <laughs> the militia version you can get it you can take it as a heavy support and you can take one to three tanks so uh, you can take a unit of three of them if you want somebody to ice you with a uh, with a with a Leviathan. Skadoosh! Um, Fuck yeah! See you yeah. later. Fucking <laughs> two hundred points of your army. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, I I guess it wouldn't really yeah, because it's like not a really good way to juggle your points when you're spending like four hundred fifty points on Leviathan and you kill like a two hundred point unit. But <laughs> maybe that's the the whole trick. But anyway. That's it. That's right. It's just bait. Trick men to think that they're doing well. Spent two hundred dollars on bait. Um, so this thing comes with skill three, front armor twelve, side armor ten, eleven, rear armor ten, three hole points. Uh, it's a tank. It's war gear. It comes with a twin linked auto cannon, uh, two sponson mounted heavy flamers, a searchlight, and smoke launchers. Now you can upgrade both of the heavy flamers. To heavy bolters for free, <clears throat> or auto cannons for ten points, and it can also take a panel-mounted heavy stubber for two points. And so that's the Imperial Militia Colts version of it. So it's like 
auto cannon, auto cannon, auto cannon. That's sixty. So it's seventy points to have full auto cannons all around. One twin linked and two on the side. Uh, I think Ryan was talking about how you could just take three sentinels. Yeah, they're a little more points, but they're double the amount of hole points, and they outflank, and they don't take up the very, 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 very valuable heavy support slot in your militia army. Yeah, Scott being and, and and the the difference in the sentinels is you got three of them, they can all move, and you can still fire all the auto cannons at full ballistic skill. Where if that tank moves, you fire one at full ballistic skill and snap fire the rest of them because it's not fast. It is not fast. I'm trying to like this is like the like I would say in game wise what like the Sentinels the closest like I don't really compare this to a Lehman Rust too much. Yeah, I guess a little no, bit. No, it's more of a predator. Yeah. This would have been more appealing. I feel like this should have been a fast tank and thrown in the fast attack slot. Yeah. Yeah. That fast attack slots are a lot less competitive and like well make make this thing make this thing like 10 15 points more and make it fast and throw it in fast attack and yeah. it would be at i mean people are going to play it because it looks cool and it's different but if you're looking at it just from a hundred percent pure rule standpoint this thing's pretty useless to me i would never run it yeah definitely not in the heavy support choice that's really what messes it up quite a bit. I mean, uh, what your militia is really lacking in anti-tank anyway. They don't have any units that get melt bombs. They don't the they have those troop units that can take heavy weapons, but I mean they're pretty expensive and it's real easy to take out 10 militia dudes with las cannons if you assault those guys with just a tactical squad, it'll kill them. Um and they can't move and fire, so they're stationary. So it's militia's really weird on anti tank anyway. Like the only way to really get it is like thunderbolts and fast <clears throat> with your flyers or the heavy artillery batteries and heavy or Lehman Russes and heavy or a um a super heavy tank. And this thing is it's not very good anti tank. You already have shitloads of anti infantry with the rest of the army. I just don't. It's kind of a weird. Definitely. You can't take last cannons on the militia one, can you? No, 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 no last cannons on the militia one. The biggest gun on it's an auto cannon. It, like I said, if it was fast attack <laughs> and and a fast tank where you could move and fire it, all of it, um, it would be worth yeah. it. But if it you're being gonna have something stationary, you're probably better off just taking Medusa artillery with breacher shells and shit, huh? Or or just take fucking five infantry dudes with. Auto cannons. I don't. What's I got my book right here. What's if they're a troop choice? They score, and you're getting ten auto cannon shots instead of six, and they have to kill ten wounds of infantry that are probably getting a four up cover save. So let me see what that costs. Oh, um. Yes. Yeah, so if you take these militia troop dudes, the base unit with heavy flamers is seventy five points, and you get five squads of them. And or five individual bases, and each base has two wounds because there's two guys on each base. Um, you can upgrade them to auto cannons for 10 points a base, so that's 50 points. So it's 125 points, and you're getting 10 auto cannon shots instead of six. You still have to shoot still to shoot to shoot them, 
Um, but they're a scoring unit, and I think ten or five bases of two win basis just sitting in cover, getting a four up cover save is way harder to kill, at least with shooting, than that tank is. And they're both going to die in assault. So, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'd rather have the troops choice for, you know, like 50 more points that puts out almost double the firepower. Definitely something to consider when you're looking at the rules for this new tank. So, I don't know. Rules-wise, I'm not a fan of it. I do think the model looks cool. You think fast attack would save it? Like, if they just put pop fast attack in there? It, it needs to have fast. Like, I don't... They build these tanks, and they stick all these fucking guns on them, and then just make them a tank. And it's like, who want? Like, I guess if you're some, you know, meathead iron warrior player that doesn't know how to move models, it just <laughs> hey, fucking hey, hey, lines hey, their hey, shit hey. up on the board hey, and rolls dice. <laughs> God didn't dare you. I mean, we have guys at our club that play that way, but they don't. It's like they win against new people. Uh, but like anybody who's played for a decent amount of time that actually knows how tactics work, like they look at that and that's like the easiest type of list to beat. Yeah. The people who have the alpha strike, man. So let's look at well, it's not even that. Here. Like it's just, oh. it's just so predictable. Like they can't move their models or they can't shoot their models. So all you do is force them into a situation where they're they move or they're fucked. It's pretty easy. <laughs> oh, poor Conabundus. Just in a, a world, a medium tank in a world where nobody needs a medium tank. Right. So let's look at the Solar Ox version. This one's sixty-five points a model. Uh, still just the 12, 11, 10, three whole points with skill three. You can take three in a squadron. Uh, the war gear comes with a twin-linked multi-laser instead of the autocannon and two sponsored mounted multi-lasers. Then take a searchlight, smoke launchers, and comes with the uh, Explorator adaption already. So gets a six plus against any of the blaster template special rule and uh, counts as void hardened. And it gets to re-roll failed dangerous terrain test. Um, the squadron can entirely be upgraded for five points per model. Uh, it can take that multi-laser off, take a Volkite Kelvern for free, take a twin-linked autocannon for free, or take a twin-linked last cannon for free for 25 points. I'm sorry, twin-linked autocannon for five points, and the last cannon is 25 points. Um, it can also dump off those multi-lasers on the side and take heavy flamers for two points, can take heavy bolters for two points, can take Volkite calibers for five points, take auto cannons for 10 points, or last cannons for 30 points. And now I'm trying to see here any Saturnine pattern Carnabundus may exchange both of its sponsored mounted multi lasers for either of the following sets of spawn. Okay, so a set is 30 points. Okay, yeah. so for. So it's 55 points plus the base cost to put four last cannons on it. Uh, so, yeah, it's 65 plus 25 plus 30. So 120 points if you want a last cannon, Yeah. So, yeah, if you... Yeah, because you see so many four last cannon predators running around. You want a shittier version. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, if there was some way that you can, I mean, because you could ten. I, oh no. <clears throat> could you uh, for the tank ace, Scott, for the Solar Auxilla tank commander? He can go into any tank, right? It doesn't have to be a Lehman Russ or. Well, no. So interesting thing about this with that guy, that character. If you go to the little it list off, right? Crusade Imperialis, it lists off the specific tanks he's eligible to be in. And hold on, I actually am on his page right now. So, a vehicle commanded by an auxiliary tank commander may fire Overwatch, then he blah, 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 blah. Uh, Armor Warfare. Okay, here we go. Auxiliary tank commander must be attached to either an auxiliary Lehman Rust tank of any type. Malkador tank, Valor tank, Destroyer, Bane Blade, Storm Blade, Storm Lord, Storm Hammer, or Shadow Sword, which is also present in the army. So, if it's not one of those tanks, unfortunately, he goes into Valdor if you know what he's, what you're doing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Put him in a Valdor and fucking yeah. So, or uh, you can put him in a Malkador and Furnace and scout that fucker up and just go ahead and get a hit jump start on barbecuing people. But, um. Yeah, he can't go in this, fortunately. It's not a thing. Well, piss. So that kind of sucks. So you can right take on, the... Right on your old braid. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, maybe that could... No, he sure can't. So if they update him oh, to where he can... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They could change it. Who knows? But, I mean, you know... Bump it up to go four. So. <laughs> then he'd be the same... The exact same thing as a uh, Predator... A uh, a space marine predator with last cannons, but like Ryan said, how many of those do we actually see in the game? Not very many. I've never seen one. Oh well, you can give him tank hunters. That's not bad. Three last cannons with tank hunters. If he was in a, for why would you not just do that to a vanquisher predator? One twenty. Or sorry, a vanquisher Lehman Russ. Yeah, I mean, the only drawback is it would have one less shot, but that's not really a big deal, you know. Well, well I would trade 72 that. 72-inch range in armor Way band. more survivable, you know, too, for an armor 14 and all. and can be a fast vehicle for one turn of the game. Mm, so that's 175 points. And... Yeah, because you're getting the Vanquisher, and then you're getting the... Oh, wait, so the last cannon, that'd bump you up to 185 points. Yeah, it's just a little bit cheaper, but you're getting two more shots, or one more shot out of it. Yeah, you're right. Keep that long range. Yeah, I'm trying to really sell this thing, but I can't find it. Medium tank and a heavy <laughs> tank world. Sometimes, man, sometimes you're just a medium tank and a heavy tank world. Can how can do? we help Forge World out here? Like, how How can we, like help them <laughs> like make it this. fast make it fast put it in the fast slot make it fast maybe raise the points on it if you have to for making it fast so somehow we it, have to like communicate this to you can make it 80 points of a pop or something 75 80 points a pop and make it fast just make it 75 it's already 60 15's enough it's pretty fucking easy to kill because so once you start points. making it 80 points, you're back to just take Sentinels because they can still move and shoot. You know what? 
If I was playing Solar Ox right now, I would not buy this tank. If you think that I should buy this tank and I should like it, it's like one of those things like change my mind. Like send me an email at michaelwormer30k.com. Explain to me why I should buy this tank. It's all just going to revolve around looks and variety in your army and you okay. should okay. play narrative and blah, blah, blah. That's I mean, they don't have a rules justification for it. Well, maybe somebody's thought of something out there. If you have thought of something that's not, it looks cool, Michael at warmer30k.com. Change my mind. Maybe there's some, like, secret combo I'm not seeing. But you're right. Like, like I said, they're, like, they're cheap. If you want to splash, like, if you... I mean, I just... You look at Solar Ox armies and you look at Militia armies, that heavy support's always full. Always. That being full. said... Always full. Um, if you If it's not... And you have like however many extra points, and you want to take two of these in a squadron. Like it's not gonna like tank your list. You know what I mean? Like it's not just gonna. It's not that awful of a unit. I just don't. It's it, not something. It's not useful. It's a. It's a very. Sub. It's subpar. I'll put it that way. But like I said, it's cheap enough. Where if you don't go overboard, like if you if you think you're gonna go buy nine and run nine of them in your army, like. All right, you're just going to get mugged for your lunch money every time you go to play a game, but it is what it is. Like, I'm trying to look at like what a Solar Auxilla army has competing in the fast attack. So it's got the Tarantula, it's got the Lehman Rush Strike Squadron, which has your Battle Tank Exterminator, Annihilator, Vanquisher, and then you yep. have the Thunderbolt, the Primaris Lightning Strike Fighter. And that's it. So if you were thinking about this, like from Forge World standpoint, on what they're trying to sell. Like, I don't think they're trying to sell any more Thunderbolts. Like, I'm surprised it didn't get pulled. Who knows? Like, you know, there's like no more Thunderbolts are really moving off the line right now. Uh, Lehman Russes, I think they, I don't know. Like, they're not selling Tarantulas. I haven't seen a Tarantula since I've played this game. Um, Scott, have, oh. Do you run a Vanquisher, Exterminator, or Annihilator in your army, or just a standard yeah. Lemon Russ? Yeah, well, I run uh, Vanquishers sometimes. So the key is with Vanquishers is they present a capability for you to get around flare shields. They're kind of hard to come by in that in that army, you know, so they're strength 8 AP2 armor vein. Yeah. Granted, it's going down to strength 7, but you and have like a outflank. tank commander in there, you know, you know, yeah. So you can you can do that. I think vanquishers have a use. I run some Lehman Russ and heavy support, like executioners aren't bad. Um, you know, they have plasma that doesn't suck. So um like I said, I think the best way to use this tank, you know, is kind of the suggestion Ryan said. Uh in its current manifestation, I mean it's one of those things that if you're really into it and you just like the look and it's something you want to run, you know, everything else be damned. You could take three of them in a heavy support slot, sure, but you just need to make sure you take other things in your list that are going to make that game competitive because there's a real good chance they're not going to live up to their billing. You know what I'm saying? Kind of yeah. like someone who takes a one-off unit of Breachers or one-off unit of... Uh, of uh, destroyers, some shit like that. Just make sure you compensate for it in other areas, because you're playing with kind of a handicap. Because I mean, if you care, but I mean, we've talked about this before. Like, 
it's not just about you. Like if people are like, oh, I don't care if I win. Well, yeah, but I care as your opponent because I don't want to play against some shitbird that I look at right. your models and go, this game's not even going to be fun. To be honest, like, the, like I said, I mean, I see lists all the time that people are like, hey, you want to play? I'm like, fuck, like, I don't even know that I can lower the bar that low. <laughs> yeah. Like, not to be mean about it, but it's like, fuck, oh what am I supposed God. to do? Like, I don't. That's also a thing is you don't you don't want to be the guy who's like a lose at all cost guy like you're just fucking incompetent, you know, because otherwise, what are we doing? Like, I don't want to you know, what the fuck are we actually doing for two hours? We're just wrong. Yeah, if the game, if, the, if it's predetermined, even if you're playing for fun, it's like it's pretty Not fucking boring. Fun. You know, it is fun to actually have to be challenged and kind of know what the fuck you're doing. I don't I don't view that as like know a bad thing so i don't know man it, they're they're tough I, like i said i don't think it's like an auto lose to take these but they're not going to do a lot in the way of helping you against someone who's pretty confident in what they're doing so you're just going to have to find other ways to do that if, if this is the route you want to go yeah and on top of that they're i mean it, like in the grand scheme of things you know now that we realize that Forge World has a finite amount of space in their warehouse. I mean, what, this is probably going to be on sale for like a year, and then they're going to pull it? Like, if you want to save this model, if you want to start moving it, Forge World, put it in the fast attack choice and give it the fast special rule. And I think I think you got a winner right there. And I think at that point it'll be, like, because people aren't going to be giving up their Malkador and Furnaces for this thing or their Valdors. Like there's some there's some important stuff in that heavy support choice that very just kind of auto. The thing is, this thing is not a squadron of three of these is probably going to cost what maybe a little bit less than a Malkador, you know, a, a fucking super heavy with flare shield and armored ceramide and can fucking move twelve inches and fire. Well, I'd be all quite a bit. Stuff. I mean, they're only sixty. They'd be what if they if you upgraded them and they were seventy five points a piece or whatever. So it'd be, they'd be like, it'd be a big save. They'd be like 225, 225. points. Yeah. And then the Malkador, I don't, what's a Malkador and Furnace? Oh, Malkador and Furnace is 265. It's like 2.9. Yeah. Well, see, that's like, would you rather have a Malkador and Furnace or three of those tanks if you're trying to kill infantry? <laughs> yeah, bad. Scott's laughing. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you've never got to lay down one of those Malkador and Furnace templates over someone's fucking... Assault squad or something. You've you've bitsed out of life, man. <laughs> it's a harrowing experience for hell. Hell storm template. That's all you need to say. And uh... <laughs> in torrent, it's in like eighteen inch. Oh, oh, I know, I know. Eric Evans, thank you for teaching me the ways. Uh, I need you to go ahead and pick those up for me, bud. <laughs> I need you to pick up the sneaky Raven guard off the table, please. So, yeah, it's it's a very, very heavy sports, very competitive and like choices. I mean, who's going to take those over a Cyclops demolition unit? I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. So anyway, good talk on that, guys. Good job. If you can change my mind, Michael Warmer 30 kcom I'm definitely open to any suggestions. If you can't change my mind, and you agree with us. Just go post on Forge World's uh, Facebook page and tell them to make it a fast don't. choice. They'll hear this. You don't need to post on their Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I get it. If you like it, you like it. Don't tell me what the fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't play me, what you want to play. Don't let me talk you out of, out of it. I'm just saying, have realistic expectations. Yeah, know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Well, glad we had that. You're going to try to own a porcupine as a pet. You ain't going to be petting it very much. Just know that going into it. When you can have cool stuff like a dog. That's right. <laughs> In that powerful, powerful pet category. That pet slot <laughs> of your household. Yeah, that fucking <laughs> that coveted pet slot. Yeah. And you go out and buy hermit crab, you expect a certain level of disappointment. That's <laughs> like cuddle. Okay. <laughs> pet hermit crab. <laughs> Which is fine. Don't get me wrong, but if your only pet is a hermit crab and you're an adult, oh my. You're really missing out on the pet experience, I feel like. <laughs> It's not a very warm animal. <laughs> oh, man. See, that's the kind of analogy that we needed to get across. The Carnabundus is, is a Carnabundus is a pet hermit crab, like in a, in a cool crib man's household. So much. <laughs> yeah, I don't care how much you paint this shell. It's still a hermit crab, and you're a grown man. <laughs> Can we? All right. Anyway, so book eight's on time. We talked about that. And that's pretty much all we have for Weekender Talk. Everything looked fun. It looked like everybody was having a good time. They previewed that uh, Dreadnought Drop Pod, and they they showed a picture of it with a contemptor without the base on inside of it. And it fit. So it is significantly fucking bigger than the one that is out now by, you know, a, a noticeable amount. And I, I posed this question to Ryan at game night, and... It's kind of changed my way of thinking about this. I have foam cut for my Dreadnought Drop Pod currently. And the size that that fucking thing is, as big and as heavy and as clunky as it is, it fits in my case. I'm going to have to... If if I were to buy a new one of these, I would have to redo my whole layout of the way I carry shit. And I'm a I'm very finicky about that kind of stuff. So I'm probably going to hold on to my old one. Because I know it fits. And this thing is fucking massive. And I don't know that I want a model that is that fucking big to represent something that plays such a very minor role in my army. Like, really, it just comes down, spits out a dude, done. I don't give a fuck what happens to it after that. Whatever. Shoot it, kill it, great. Fucking good. Okay. After I'm going to forget about it, too. So, you do whatever you want. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's this big. Like this is a, a a forty ounce. No, this is thirty. Thirty ounce Arctic cup. No, this is a forty. This is a forty Arctic. It's massive. Like this is yeah. This is the size. Like that is at least like I don't know twelve inches of foam. You're gonna have to get. You're gonna have to get the twelve inch thick foam. That's a lot of. Or lay it on its side. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess you do that. Uh, and that's about eight inches of foam. Good. Man. Yeah, I don't know how thick it is. Uh, we got to get in a Okay, I'm not letting them off the hook for this. I sent you a picture of the terrain they had there. Jesus Christ, what are we doing, people? Oh, what is that? Where is that? That's that's at the Weekender. That's their terrain. Well, no, sir. It's not great. <laughs> it's it's not. What in the fuck are those red buildings, bro? I know I live in the 21st century. I've never seen buildings that color. Not even the, once. 
<laughs> While you guys are taking in that giant steaming pile of shit, I also want to point out that somebody took a picture of their menu for coffee right there at Warhammer World or wherever they had the Warhammer Fest. And they looked like they had an LCD screen, like an LCD TV with the menu on it. Like, as a watermark on the back of the menu behind the prices, they had a picture of a model, and it was a War Games exclusive female tech priest, which is a third-party, non-GW female tech priest model at a GW event on their menu. So, maybe that guy should sue them for IP infringement, just saying. I just sent you guys through some cool pictures of the Medusa Krios cannons my buddy converted up. They look cool. I've seen them. Yeah, I like those a lot. Dude, I'm looking at these Good pictures job. that Ryan sent from the Weekender, and I feel so bad for that Death Blossom going up against those custodes. <laughs> it's gonna, oh, that could not no. have been a good time. He had fun shooting, but, oh, man. <laughs> those, those storm cannons did jack all against those custodes, I'm so sure. I mean, that's like... Fuck, man. Those look like fantasy tables. Yeah, it looks rough, man. That looks like pure goddamn garbage. <laughs> in, in 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 defense here, there's two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen. No, never mind. There's not a insane amount of tables <laughs> that can justify this that I can count. Heresy Camp will have like forty tables completely loaded out with terrain laces. Yeah. Yeah, like, we'll take this picture and we'll compare it to a heresy camp future. Don't just look at my future. pictures from Adepticon on my tables, or look at the Grand Legion pictures from Adepticon, or look at the Grand Laser pictures from Nova. Yep. 4, 8, 12, 16, 20, 24, 28, 32. Yeah. It looks like about 50 tables worth of terrain. Well, I mean, they. I don't know, man. There's no answer. I didn't realize it was that big in there. I didn't know that. Game hall like that. It's kind of cool. But have you seen the uh, speaking of these uh, artillery pieces here that your buddy modeled up, Scott? Have you seen the ones floating around uh, the internet right now that dude 3D modeled up some artillery pieces for? Yeah, I saw he was doing like schematics to to print, like start 3D printing those. I don't know, you know, where those are along in production as far as coming to fruition or not, but. He, fun, um, he completely remodeled them as well. If you go to the iForce uh, group, guys, I don't know if we have permission to post this dude's pictures of what he's working on on our Facebook uh, page, okay. so I don't know if I can actually do that. But I'll ask him. I'll send him an IM here before this episode airs, and I'll see if I can if I can do that. But if you if you just want to go look at it, he's posting them to the iForce uh, iForce Facebook group, and you can go in there and see them, especially if you're looking at possibly getting this model, because I think at some point he'll be... Uh, uh, he'll actually be printing them on his own and stuff like that. So, cool project to follow, man. I'm always excited to see people 3D modeling their own stuff, especially when it's that close to what looks like canon. Look, look, look! It looks like it fits right into with with Forge World modeling. So, very cool. Oh, it's my kid. So, anyway. How about some voicemails, man? Y'all ready for some voicemails? That terrain's so disappointing. But you ready for some voicemails? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That was rough. Oh, we do need to talk about... (laughs) 
I did want to mention it. I'm trying. I'm. I'm fucking just negative Nancy this episode. Just totally negative Nancy. They didn't even let me talk about Titanicus because I had so much good stuff to say about yeah. it. Um, <laughs> we just got anyway, uh, past it. <laughs> yeah, we glossed over that. We can't. Uh, but uh, yeah, just bought $250 of six millimeter terrain from a UK company called Brigade Models. And what is that uh, screenshot I s- say that I sent to you, Michael? So Brigade Models is a very stand-up company, and they're very aware that the prices that they put up include a 20% VAT. And so they would just like to let you know, they put a little disclaimer that says, shipping cost outside of Europe will have a 20% VAT deducted from the price at checkout. Uh, so they definitely are very aware that there's some sort of system in place <laughs> for their for their for their price point uh, that charges additional taxes that should not be charged outside of the country, and they make sure that they uh, they take that off for their U.S. purchases or actually any country that purchases so. That's uh, not a VAT country, so. Yeah, so it's very weird to see that countries outside of the U.S. are aware of that, and oh, God save the queen. Yep. So enjoy y'all's roads, all you U.K. listeners. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and schools and everything else. Hey, and one thing maybe we need one to day do... we'll. Is fucking Alistair was competing in that goddamn, like, hey, let's get together and fucking beat each other to death with axes competition this weekend. Yeah. I think his team won. His team did So, win. yeah, he fucking went out there and laid down some hate, gave some motherfuckers a reason to remember the name, bitch, and won. So, congratulations yeah. to him. Oh, oh, why we're talking about dudes that we... Uh, look up to and that are awesome. We need to talk about Jim and our game club before we go oh, to man, fucking Jim. Yeah. So you guys, so like new... cataracts removed number one. Congratulations on that. <laughs> <laughs> old man cataracts fucking cut out. Yeah. Go ahead, Michael. What's so, up? So it was the IMCF 2018 World Championship. World Championship from <laughs> Scone Scone Palace, Scotland. Uh, it was a 10 v 10 fucking like. Not, uh, what's the, it was not LARPing. It's like real steel where they just beat the shit out of each other. They're actually wearing armor and stuff like that. That's what Alistair's team won. Congratulations, Alistair. A 2v10 gang fight is what I would call it anywhere else. Yeah. They had swords, sir, and axes. Yeah. I've seen the videos. It's pretty fucking savage. Yeah. So Good job, Alistair. That's fucking awesome, man. That really is awesome. Yeah, Congratulations. Man, I hope fuck you. actually killed the guy there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I did. I did kill the guy. What the hell? <laughs> He's like Brick from fucking Weatherman. Yeah, yeah killed guy with a trident. Really low for a while, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to podcast from an undisclosed location. I used a morning star to kill a man on a horse. <laughs> uh... So anyway, what so about anyway, you, Jim? Old, old man Jim, how fucking we found out today this motherfucker has been playing <laughs> Mort, Mordheim since 1999 when it came out with the same group of dudes on Thursdays every week, nonstop. 
1999. Yes. And you, you, and like, they take all their own. They take what? What's up? Like with Mordheim, you escalate. Like that's like you, you get like levels. It's like. Yeah, but once you reach a certain thing, you retire. Like they do different campaigns. Like once they finish one, they do another one. But this guy, I sent it. Did you see the the video I filmed with him with all of his buildings and they come apart? Like he's he's built these ridiculous because they run multiple campaigns. The one they were running when I went there is a pirate themed one, so it's all Mordheim rules, but they play pirate themed. And then when they get tired of that, they play like normal Mordheim or they play whatever theme. But he built this entire like pirate village with like hotels and a church and like a general goods store and all the roofs come open and they're all fully furnished. Like when I say fully furnished, I mean like super, super, super detailed, like gambling tables with playing cards laying on them, a piano with a little piano player. He's got a game room with like animal heads on the wall on plaques. Um, he's got like a hospital with like wounded dudes in beds with like bandages and shit on them. There's like uh, a bar, and inside the bar, there's like drinks on the bar, and it's called the Angry Squig. And behind the bar, there's a head mounted of a squig. Like, yeah, like it's so so super intense, man, and it looks so fucking awesome. And never like, see anything like it. It's yeah, all the it's, all the buildings are like multi tiered. <laughs> Some of them are like three, four stories, and each level like comes apart, and they're every level is fully detailed. The roof comes off, all that. And he's got like a whole fucking village set up. Everything's named. Uh, and then he had this whole tray of random encounters. There's like a random encounter table, like things that you can run across. And he had like three or four trays of just nothing but like rat swarms, giant spider, like whatever. And they're all fully painted, fully based, fully themed up. <laughs> that's that's so wild. Like the fact that they've got like names for it and all this stuff. It's like a town that they like know, like it's like they know it like it's, it's such their a crazy thing because Mordheim came out in like 1999. Yeah, that's what he's it, been playing since 99. It was like kind of popular, but it was a specialty game, so it, it was as popular as any specialty game you expect it could be. So not super crazy, but these group of dudes just took this game and totally fucking ran with it, man. And it like was this tight knit club thing for all of these fucking years and they're still playing it and they've had no rules updates not shit really since <laughs> 2002 I think was the last time anything fucking came out for it so they've been just running with it and doing their own fucking thing and making all this crazy ass terrain and these little forces and stuff for for this fucking long that's like true goddamn dedication well and, and jim always has his shit painted he's got yeah. a, a million fucking armies he's got plays every game system and, and like i said he's just legit he makes awesome fucking terrain he's like a yep. stealth like he's very unassuming you wouldn't like he's old you know, as fuck well, <laughs> 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 he's just old he's <laughs> <laughs> not that old I mean, he's old. He's in his sixties. He's, he's like just my a, dad. He's like sixty, fucking sixty. He's maybe he's 60. retired. He's yeah. at least mid sixties. Um, super, super nice guy. And I just wanted to shout out and give him the credit that he deserves because he's it's like a fucking cool man, fucking it's impressive great. man, and and yeah. under like unappreciated people like that are definitely unappreciated. Yeah, man, and it like those type of people are so humble about the shit they do. Like they don't ever think anything of it. They're just doing it. Cause they like to hang out with their friends or whatever. 
but it that keeps it from getting the attention it really deserves which how fucking cool it is and how how much work it takes to keep something like that going especially well, I, after I, they dropped I, it for like fucking done you know you're they, those dudes are totally on their own with that and I asked him, I'm like, you scratch build all these buildings? He's like, ah, the roof tiles are plastic hard, and these some of these furnitures are cast. I'm like, you scratch build these buildings, bro? Like, let's not, like, get it twisted here. Like, all the little tables and shit are, like, the little craft sticks that he's, like, glued down, and then, like, cut, a, cut them into a circle to make, like, the tables. And he's put, like, little rugs in there. Can I post like, these pictures to our like, Instagram? Some of those roofs are tiled. So he took plastic hard... It made little miniature roof tiles and then glued. No, 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 them no. It, the plastic card comes like the tiles. Okay, I was about to say, holy fucking shit! Yeah, how you, long would that take? You can post them up, Michael. And he's got more than this. Like, I, this was just like the best pictures I could get. You have to keep the videos like under a minute um, to to send them r- roughly a minute to send them over Facebook Messenger. So, um, but that's him talking. I, I'm kind of doing like a miniature interview with him. This was up at the local game store. I was up there playing a game of Dark Age with my buddy James on Thursday, and they do Mordheim on Thursdays too. So he was on the table right beside us. And I, I didn't even know these little buildings existed. Um, and I'm like, did you build all these, Jim? And he's like, yeah. And I got to talk to him, and I was blown away, and I had to film a little video with him. It was so unbelievable. That's wild, dude. That's why I'm looking at him. I'm looking at this little bureau that's got like documents spread out across the bureau that are like written on and stuff like that. Like at some ridiculous baby scale, like insane. You had to buy those micron pins to write on. Holy well, crap. Well, I need to get better. He's got a, a Flickr account with like a bunch more pictures of stuff. Let me see if I can. Whoa, there's a. What's Mordheim Thursday? Is that a thing? Yeah, that's he plays Mordheim every Thursday at the local game store. No, but club. like, there's a hashtag on Instagram called Mordheim Thursday. That might be him. Wow, crazy! Here, check these out, Michael. I'll send you these too. Uh, Fucking rad, dude! Mordheim Thursday. And is it in, is it in Indianapolis? No, it's in Venezuela. Oh. <laughs> so maybe that's a thing. There's maybe a Venezuelan. More time on there's a Bizarro Venezuelan gym out there somewhere. <laughs> check it out those Flickr photos. Like I him only with a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I'll check them out later, Ryan. Let's get on to some voicemails. Before oh, like... sorry. <laughs> Very cool, Jim. All my respect to you. Haven't met Good you. Good job, Jim. But you Go definitely fuck. have and done he, more work. And he since can count. To, he can count. He can fully count to nine and three quarters. Yep. Oh, dude, There's that dude—that's the guy that didn't learn how to airbrush till this year. Yeah, because he didn't have a fingertip on he his had pointer. To make a fucking so he hand painted all that terrain. Well. Oh my god! Yeah, he hand paints everything. He's an animal, man. He's an old animal. <laughs> it's just an old, dedicated, fucking hardworking ass animal. <laughs> yeah. All right. On to voicemails and emails, guys. Uh, dudes looking for dudes. This comes from Derek. He says, looking for other people in or around Oklahoma interested in 30K, hoping to have terrain available and mats for small point demos in Bartlesville, Oklahoma for later this year. Hard for heresy dudes. And it looks like he actually set up a Facebook page for all you Oklahoma peeps. Let me go ahead and log in and get that information for you. Give me one second. I've got to open up my 
pretty sure it's the Oklahoma Oklahoma 30k Facebook group. It's 30k Lahoma. Very so because you can spell Oklahoma with a zero and a K, it's 30k Lahoma. So spell out Oklahoma with a zero. That's the Facebook group, and uh, you'll be able to see everybody that's in that group. If you're in Oklahoma, Derek's looking for you. So next question. Okay, and this comes from John Ramos. It says, if you play both stories, play Donkey One first. Okay. Hey, what's up, guys? It's John in El Paso. Uh, if there's uh, background noise, it's because I'm uh, driving uh, back from the office. Uh, I've got this long stretch of road. I work like an hour away. Anyways, uh, from civilization, I should say. Uh, the reason I'm calling is I was trying to see if uh, other uh, military members of the Radio Free Estevan community uh, had similar stories to this. I wanted to start a new category of interesting stories. Um, starts off with uh, my uh, very first deployment to Iraq back in 03. I was there during the initial invasion with the 101st. And uh, I was a young E-5 sergeant. Um, at this point, the invasion part had already uh, ended, and we were in the uh, counterinsurgency uh, portion that we weren't expecting. Uh, you know, assholes started to revolt and uh, cause problems, and so we had to deal with that. Uh, one of the things that we had to deal with in our area was a little mad mortarman team uh they would like to harass us at night between like uh nine and three o'clock in the morning and uh, where we were set up our cop or combat outpost uh was a we, we we took this like little like office building uh within a an agricultural college in the uh the town that we were uh, based out of and uh, the agricultural college, oh, it's hard to describe, but um, I'm going to say it was probably about the size of a, a very large high school and with very large buildings. Some of them were like dormitories, classrooms, auditoriums, and, and, and so forth like that. And they were all gutted. If, um, you know, like during the invasion, a lot of the people were... Uh, would go into places like this and just uh, steal everything from windows, doors, copper wiring, and and so forth. So all that was left was just the 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 main structure of uh, of all the buildings. And so it was hard for us to find where these dudes were because they would fire at us from anywhere between five to like 800 meters away with their mortars from behind buildings and so forth. So it would. It would echo out uh, throughout the whole area, and it was hard for us to pinpoint exactly where they were shooting at us from. Sometimes we got lucky, and we could tell where they were shooting at us from. I'm digressing from the story here. But uh, anyways, on uh, what we would do is we would set up observation posts in a perimeter around our little combat outpost. Um, anywhere, you know within another building or on the outskirts of the uh, agricultural college. On this particular night, we were on the outskirts of the agricultural college. And uh, 
we were just on the outside of this giant field. It was a huge open area that we could observe out to almost like 1,500 meters in one direction, and I think it was like 800 meters in another. Um, we were facing in an easterly direction, and I, our cop, if I remember correctly, was kind of to the north of us. And uh, we'd been hit there a few times, so we would just randomly select, you know, a location because we never knew where they were going to hit us from. And there wasn't enough of us to, like, to do this every night. We'd have to just, you know, go out uh, at specific times and pick a location and just hang out there all night and hope that, you know, we'd hit the lottery and these assholes would fire from in front of us. Uh, Back then, we didn't have very sophisticated thermal imaging equipment like we do now. Um, the only thing that we used was the command launch unit for our Javelin anti-tank missiles. And to describe the Javelin, it would be like holding up with both hands something to the equivalent of like a 20-inch TV, maybe a little smaller, up to your face. And uh, there was a little uh, single monocle that you would look out of. And uh, it was, at the time, it was a pretty sophisticated piece of equipment. Uh, it, it works well as the, you know, the launch unit for a Javelin missile, but not so hot for, you know, taking out to an observation post because it's so big and clunky. But it was the only thing that we fucking had. Um, we had uh, bedded down in a, it was kind of like the ruins of like an old little village that uh, like the highest wall was maybe like two and a half feet tall or something like that. And it was just a bunch of rubble, uh, old construction, uh, probably dated back like several, several hundred years or something. I don't know, but it was old. And... Um, we were observing the field, hoping that something was out there. Somebody would pop up and do their thing. Um, I had just finished, uh, you know, doing my portion of guard, and I decided to like to just bed down for a little bit. And uh, some of my soldiers were up pulling security at that point. Um, I had just lay down, and like the biggest thing is that I fucking can't stand going out to the field when it's if i get the opportunity to sleep i'm not going to sleep i'm such a light sleeper that it takes me like three hours probably just to fall asleep so somebody tells you hey you can bed down for 45 minutes it's really just going to be me laying down for 45 minutes hoping that i can fall asleep while assholes around me like fall asleep in like two minutes i don't know it's always been a pain in the ass for me but um i'm laying down my soldier immediately wakes me up. It's like, hey, Sarn, you got to see this, Sarn. You got to see this. I see something. Like, what is it? Like, I can't tell you. Well, what the fuck is it, man? Like, you got to see, Sarn. You got to see. And so, like, I grab the clue from him, and I'm looking through it, and I see a little heat signature out in the middle of the field. And uh, I zoom in on it, and I can tell that it's an animal. And I'm looking a little closer. I'm like, oh, okay, it's a donkey. Why the fuck are you showing? Oh, wait, there's a dude out there with him. And then, like, the dude is kind of, like, at first I'm thinking, like, oh, he must be, like, moving the donkey around or something, like, uh, trying to get it to move. And it looks like he's trying to push the donkey. (laughs) I'm like, wait a second. 
He's like rotating around with the donkey, and I can tell the donkey is protesting. <laughs> and then I can tell what it is. This dude, <laughs> he's thrusting into the back of the donkey. He's fucking the donkey. I'm like, holy shit, is this dude fucking the donkey? Uh, that's what I thought he's... How long have you been watching this thing for? Like, uh, at least for like the last 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, this is fucking hilarious. And so at that point, I got to wake up my platoon sergeant. That uh, he didn't always come out on missions with us, but he was on this particular one. And so I'm like, hey, sergeant, sergeant, you got to see this. And he's like, what the fuck? And he was asleep. And so he's pissed off because now I just woke him up and it better be fucking important. So he's like, what is it? And I'm like, you got to fucking see it. And he still has a dip in his mouth. And uh, he gets to hold the clue, puts it in front of his face, and he's looking through it. And, and then, like, I can just see him, like, getting disgusted. And he goes, what the fuck? What the fuck are you got? What the fuck is... <laughs> it was the fucking funniest thing in the world. Like, <laughs> it's just not something that you'd expect. We'd heard rumors that, like, oh, you know, like, you know, country people are always banging... Uh, banging their animals and we'd heard about it with iraqi people particularly with their sheep you don't fuck with a man's sheep um they uh they hold their sheep very dearly there in that region of the world but uh this dude was out in the middle of a field and he was fucking a donkey i know that there's a lot of other people that have seen this shit um i think there were even youtube videos at one time where people were like posting their their videos from like throughout all those years of spending time in Iraq dudes fucking their donkeys I don't know I don't know if I heard about it so much in Afghanistan but I, I know oh, I got a really good Afghan like perversion story too I'll have to show, I, I'll have to write back for that one but um, anyways uh, yeah so dude fucking a donkey in the middle of the field 2 o'clock in the morning um, it's pretty fucking funny. Anyways, I want to say uh, goodbye and uh, congratulations on your 100th episode. Uh, sorry I didn't call in for it, but um, I should have. Um, by the way, what do I got to fucking do to get a closer patch? I fucking posted a picture. Do I have to actually have like an army list? Because I put a picture of 9,500 points worth of Iron Warriors. I well, 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 patch. Michael. I'm fucking pissed. What do I got to do? Are you guys out of patches? <laughs> Still going. Is that what happened? <laughs> you guys don't he even fucking, like, like <laughs> give me an explanation. Just, like, hope that I forget about it. Fucked up, man. <laughs> That's fucked up. Anyways, um, oh, you know what? I may bless you with this story from Afghanistan. Anyways, I am done. Uh, I still got about maybe 30 minutes left of driving back into town. So uh, maybe after I fill up this stupid fucking GOV van, I will uh, grace you with a perverted story. <laughs> what? So what does he consider that's, a perverted that's story? That's the second donkey fucking story, by the way. Chris Duncan told one, too, about them filming. They filmed it through the IRs of a Bradley. Two dudes taking turns. One dude held it while the other guy fucked it, and then they switched off. Um, so yeah, sloppy seconds on a donkey even, and they took that video and they put it, they spliced it into their safety brief 
video for like whole platoons and shit to watch. So yeah, it's a family fucking going on over there. Not trying to pick on anyone. Not trying to call you out. Just letting you know. Just <laughs> the truth find its way to the fucking <laughs> <laughs> fucking future man. Future men with. Night seeing cameras are gonna see you yeah, doing what you do. Clue to watch you fuck some donkey in the middle of the night. So this next one comes from Circle Dust. He actually said another one, but we'll get to that one next week. It says play after donkey story, but we're gonna move on to Circle Dust. Okay, yeah, this one's not. Hello, RFI. This is Duncan from Kentucky. Uh, I've got another good, unpleasant prison trip for everybody. Let's talk about some segregation. Oh, so segregation, in case anyone doesn't know, is where people get stuck when they misbehave or they can't uh, survive in regular general population of a prison. Uh, a few years ago, there was a guy who was in there in the holding cells. Uh, sorry, in the seg cells. Um, I won't say his name, obviously. But he was in there because he had mental health issues. Uh, he could not survive inside of general population because he literally was too fucking loopy. Um, he, I don't know what the fuck he thought he was seeing, but nothing was reality to him. He was on Thorazine half the time until they made it illegal for us to give him Thorazine. And then he was on a couple other things. And it calmed most of his behavior, but it had a horrible fucking side effect of... He started masturbating all the fucking time. Now, you know, most of the time that's not an issue. He's sitting there beating off in his cell. Once a week he'd come out of the cell, he'd get a shower, they'd hose the cell down, he'd go right back into it. The next week, same thing. Actually, I think we gave him a shower twice a week. I can't really remember on that one. But uh, there was one day when it was lunchtime, there was a female officer who was giving out lunch trays. So she'd walk down to the first cell on the walk, pop open the uh, little hatch, because it's a solid steel door with a little bitty hatch, and push a tray in. Now, when they do that, you, the first thing you do is you command the inmate to step back. You pop the tray, or you pop the, uh, yeah, you pop the tray, you stick the tray in, uh, they step forward, they grab the tray, you close the door, or you close the uh, flap. No problem, no issues whatsoever. Now, the issue for him, uh, she got to his door. She commanded him to step back. She couldn't really see what he was doing. She waited a few seconds. She heard movement. She thought he would go walk back. And she opens the flap on the door. Instead of her getting a chance to stick the food tray in there, he sticks his cock out the thing and blows a load all over her. Oh, my God. Yes, that <laughs> is exactly what happened. He stuck his dick through the flap of the tray over the flap of the door and instead of taking his food he nutted all over this lady now happily for us he also nutted it all over his food so that was contaminated she was contaminated so she did the only thing she could think to do and she slammed his dick in the door the door flap and um i'm not gonna say what the effect of a multiple pound steel flap shutting against steel is going to have on a man's cock. Uh, I will, however, say that whoever wants to guess can. Uh, there was a lot of blood. 
there was a strange little wriggly body part kind of hanging half off him, half off the flap. She called for medical. She called for a cell entry team. People come down there. The flap gets opened. The body part falls, no. hits the floor. He's spraying blood from his cock. It, it's a giant goddamn mess. And when you do a cell entry, one of the very first things you do is you spray them. So he got hosed with OC. Then they hit him with the taser shield. Then they get him down. They handcuff him and start providing medical attention because he's obviously engorged. He's got blood fucking everywhere. And he ended oh, up having to go to the hospital. <laughs> I don't know if they reattached his uh, Johnson. I didn't really care. It wasn't my day. It wasn't my shift. It wasn't my fucking problem. And that kind of sums up the entire issue of prison stories is sometimes it's just not my fucking problem. Y'all have a good day. <laughs> I mean, if karma was ever like, you know, it's like, does karma exist? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. And sometimes it's instant. And sometimes you could, like, it'll repay you three times over. Man. That's so bad. Not only did, like, he get his junk cut off, which you would imagine is immediately, like, retribution for you blowing your load on a woman while she was... Or blowing your load on anybody while they were not ready to accept <laughs> hey, that load. really? Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like if, if, like, there is some sort of higher being that just said, like, hey, that's fucked up. Cut your dick off. He, then immediately after that, you know, there's no mercy for this dude. They go and shoot him with friggin' pepper spray and then the taser shield. Like, oh my gosh. Oh man. What a That's a lot that's a lot to take in. Man. Yeah, man. That's a lot of that's a overstimulation for sure. Hello, RFI. Oh my goodness. Woo! This, uh... They're, they're getting good. Uh, this next one comes in. says, Petty Revenge Story and a List Request. Uh, so Ryan's got the list part. It says, Once upon a time, I was working in a department that was a mainly a clinic. The head of the department was a doctor. I'll call him King Doc. And not a business person. So there was a lot of business and money-related problems in the department. The two main problems was that no one got along with anyone. The King Doc secretary, I call her Battleaxe, was basically the de facto boss because King Doc was always too busy to be an actual boss. I was one of four IT people in the department, and Battleaxe hated all of us and threw us under the bus regularly. I know, dude. I'm an IT guy as well. I know what that's like. Uh... She also crossed me personally more than a few times, so she held a special place in my heart. Uh, I finally got sick enough of this department to look for another position in an institution and lined up my escape. At the time, I was doing inventory for the department, so I was coming in around 5 a.m. and leaving midday, which was great. Yeah, dude, absolutely, that's badass. And it also offered afforded me other interesting opportunities. Since I was alone for a good three to three and a half hours with access to everywhere because I had a master key, so I purchased a product off from Amazon called Liquid Ass and waited until my last day to do an inventory in Battleaxe's office. After verifying all the items on my list where that were in her office, I took the bottle of Liquid Ass and poured all of it in her chair. 
then immediately left the room and closed the door to trap the odor. I disposed of the evidence, then put a note on the door that just read, just wanted to warn you that something in your office smells awful and you might want to call housekeeping. <laughs> nice cover-up. Approximately four hours later, Balax rolls in. She sees that note, stomps down to my office, and yells at me for putting the note on her door, then stomps back down to her own office. I left my door open and listened hard. I heard her open the door, then immediately slam it and close it and yelled, it smells like puke in there. She called housekeeping and chewed them out, demanding to know which one of them janitors had thrown up in her office and left it in there to stink up the room. This resulted in housekeeping not coming until two hours later. There was a dried stain on her chair by that time, and I ended my last day and left the department forever before anyone got around to questioning me. So I hope you all enjoyed that. So the title of the story was uh, was Petty Revenge Story. So that's that's pretty petty, but, like, God bless you, man. Made her look like she dooted her pants. Liquid ass. Noted. Noted. I feel like it wouldn't smell like puke, though. I feel like it smelled like puke is a letdown. I feel like it should smell like straight, like diarrhea, like papaya. Oh, like God. it should smell like cut papaya. If you've never smelled papaya, it smells like straight yellow dog Ugh. shit, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. It smells like the oily diarrhea an alcoholic has at the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it smells like. That's what I imagine liquid acid smell like. <laughs> okay, so this comes from Chase. It says, hey, fellow, so I'm sitting here on my duty contemplating my first career desk pop and <laughs> figured what the hell. Why not send you guys a few stories in the meantime? <laughs> so awesome. First story is called The Retro Special. It's a two-part series. More to follow later. Before I begin, I must say I'm a bit of context to this story. There are three key players. First, the protagonist is my buddy Chris, probably a buck one buck 30 130 pounds small half irish half korean psychopath think he's the best looking in the room not likely always talks his way out of shit huge fan of everclear lieutenant in the army now god help us uh second protagonist is adam the wild card mma fan jim beast wannabe male model actually can beat the shit out of people Derek zoolander-esque bottom line bipolar alcoholic works as a male stripper now uh that's adam so you got chris who's this crazy mini psychopath. Then you've got Adam, who's the beat your shit. Uh, third and final protagonist is me at the time, working towards a commission in the Marines, along for the ride, work hard, play harder, and another fan of Everclear. Uh, so my two friends and I decided to take our spring break in none other than Panama City. For those of you who don't know, it's a cesspool of sex, drugs, alcohol, new chicks, massive beach mobs, and people fucking in broad daylight in the middle of them. Insane. The town only lets it happen because without it, they would be broke as fuck and not have a town. Uh, so we will skip a few <laughs> days into the trip to Faded Day, Wednesday, 24 hours of shitfuckery. Uh, we woke up, changed, and walk out from our small cockroach-infested 2D floor room at the Irish Inn, a nice but contrary to its name. Uh, surprisingly Indian-themed and operated place <laughs> 10 miles off the strip and <laughs> headed to the beach. All of us were eager to get shipwrecked and see some tits and find out what strange shit we could get into, as any good future army soldier would do. Chris had only the only bag packed two, two packs of oh he had only packed two packs of ramen, one fucking orange, a mid liter of rum, and his gallon jug of Rager, ju Rager juice, which is nine parts Everclear, one part Gatorade. So he got a cab and headed off. <laughs> Dude, for real. <laughs> <laughs> Scott's already a fan of this story. Yeah, I'm fucking <laughs> I'm behind this. Support this. 
Fast forward, we made it to the beach to see a sea of thousands of inebriated college students as far as the horizon. Was like the penguin scene in Planet Earth. <laughs> Fucking madness. Was like looking at the Eye of Terror. Something stares back. We were pumped, said fuck it, and entered into the fray. Minutes in, we saw a man, let's call him Rick, charge 10 meters into another man, headbutt him, then scream like Conan over his beaten prey. Second later is another grown man, waddled to the surf in close proximity to hundreds, squatted down and shit, like explosive <laughs> shit, <laughs> into the waves. <laughs> we then saw a fully nude couple banging in the middle of the swarm, like truly was the line from Happy Gilmore. Two half-naked bikers of 17 having sex. How am I supposed to concentrate with that going on, Doug? We were in the we we're in the right place. I'll save what happened in the maelstrom for another day. This story has a different ending. Fast forward a few hours and many drinks later from the unlikely trio, leave the storm. The three of us get hungry and decide to head back to the gas station one block away to get some snacks. Not a normally hard task, but after that shit storm, but not after that shit storm. Me and Chris make it across the street and decide to head to the Porta John Shitters outside the 7-Eleven. Adam follows us to the center of the gas station service area. Mm-hmm. We assume Adam is right behind us and continue walking. Oh, how wrong we were. Chris and I make it to the line for the shitters and hear a scream. Oh, fuck, and turn around. Adam is not where he should be. Adam's in the street, <laughs> in the middle of the traffic light intersection, blocking a line of cars, shrieking at the top of his lungs. And we realize all of this, all in the span of about one second, a cop looks over from the gas pump and, well, you know, Adam, like any true red-blooded American, escalates the situation. He proceeds to whip out his shit and piss in the direction of the cars. (laughs) What are you doing, Adam? (laughs) No! No, Adam! The cop gets big-eyed as fuck, like at the T-Rex in Jurassic Park that zeroes in on that fat guy, ready to fucking go, and sprints towards Adam. He closes the distance in seconds and lays Adam out on the pavement. Game fucking over, son. <laughs> his partner comes over at the car and admits Adam is gone on his way to jail. <laughs> and then there were two. Uh, that is the part one to the Wednesday in Panama. I will send part two later. Thanks, guys, for keeping it real. Fun fact is Adam is pretty fairly dark-skinned white dude. He gets issued a set of prison clothes upon arrival, changes, and is set loose with the normal population. Panama City doesn't segregate, not just trunk tank folks. Adam doesn't think much of it and sits by himself. After an hour of being there, a few Hispanic dudes eye him and give him a nod of approval his way, kind of like a nod of understanding, like, we got you, homie. Ugh. And after a few minutes of being there, he figures out something is fucked. He then looks down in his trousers and realizes his jumpers have Latin Kings gang signs all over them. Ah, shit. Well, at least he has protection. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> oh, man. God bless him. Poor Adam. Uh, so we'll save part two for next week, but good lord, there's... Part two, and there's a final, like, to the retro special. Fuck Jesus. yeah. Nice job, Chase. That's fucking awesome. I That's love good it. stuff, Chase. We get a, we get a hey. party with this dude at Heresy Camp. He's coming. I'm, Him I'm, and Powerful. Vin, do your Vincetti thing so he can Vincente. be mad at you. Powerful Vincetti. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Dude, I love any experience where, like, people always think of themselves as, like, these higher evolved, like, we have a sense of right and wrong, and we're humans, and we have an ingenuity that no other animal has, and then there's the opposite end of the spectrum, where there's experiences like this, where people are literally like monkeys at a fucking zoo. They're shitting <laughs> everywhere, they're fucking, you can't control them, it's great. I love that. Did I ever tell you about the time I went tubing, and that guy, like, okay, so here's the story. I don't think I've ever told it on here before. So I'm tubing, right, which is a pretty big deal in Texas. Like, we go tubing all the time just because it's hot as fuck here, and we go to the Frio and stuff, we'll go tubing. And I'm tubing, and normally you drink beer. Like, you drink, like, really light beer to stay hydrated and just, like, you know, try and stay as drunk as possible the entire time you're tubing. Well, I'm sitting there, and this guy comes up next to me, and he's got this giant stainless steel jug and a bunch of little cups. And he's carrying it around with him, and he goes, hey, man, do you want a Jaeger bomb? And I was like, "Of course, yeah, sure, of course I'll take a Jaeger bomb. And he goes, cool, man. He goes, here, it's in the jug. And he gives me this jug, right? And I'm like, okay. And he goes, yeah, just he's like, I already pre-mixed it. It's Red Bull and Jaegermeister. And I was like, cool, man. I'd like Jaeger bomb on the on the two on the Frio. Cool, yeah, knock it out. Pour it, whatever. And I go to give it back to him, and like he's like just has it like set on my tube leaning against my arm. And then he starts telling me about his job, tells me that he works for the like he was helped build the Cowboy Stadium, like he like programmed the giant TV and all this stuff there. Like just starts talking about his life story and all this stuff. And then he like his friends like tell him something. He looks over at him and he starts swimming their way. Well, I look forward and this guy just like like missing 411 disappears. Like he's just gone. Nowhere to be seen. Like I cannot find this guy. Like I I thought he was going to come back and talk to me. Whatever. I start floating down the river for like another 20 minutes and I realize this guy's not coming back. But his giant jug of Jaegerbomb is like sitting on my arm still. And I was like, what just happened? Like, is this mine now? It like is a very, this is before Yeti and all this stuff. So before you had like double insulated stuff that was like super expensive and then before it got cheap and all this stuff. So this was like a $200 like Yeti thing and just like sat on my arm. Like he was so drunk he forgot he left it on my arm. And then like I unintentionally stole it because I was just like tubing along. And he just missing four one one on me, and I gave it to my dad. <laughs> my dad puts hot cocoa in it now. So crazy stuff. I don't know why that made me think of that. This whole story made me think of that. <laughs> so anyway, next story comes from Chris. It says, "Hey all, long time listener to this show, and I find the Crusader host chat really inspiring too." I really enjoy what you guys do, so keep it up. I think Michael telling Greg Dan at the Imperial Truth in the, the BBC of Heresy, while RFI is the MTV, and Greg trying to process it, that was a if that was a good or bad thing live on air, was my favorite Horace Heresy podcast moment of all time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he sent a 3,000-point list, and he says the story. But before we get into that, here's my story tax. This is quite well known, but in case you didn't hear it, here's a story from the county I recently moved to. I live in Georgia, not the cool one where they play the U.S. Masters, the one next to Azerbaijan, the partly occupied by Russia. That's partly occupied by Russia. Oh, so he lives in Georgia, the country. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) 
So have many stories about health and safety lapses. The kind with AK-47s and fucking (laughs) occasional genocide. (laughs) So I have many stories about health and safety lapses and other cultural weirdness, but the best story from from out here concerns the flood. Disclaimer, I was not living here when this happened, but I was relatively recent, June 2015. Uh... Tbilisi, the capital where I live, is in a valley on a river. One summer day, the river flooded from the mountains, snowmelt, and washed out the low-lying parts of the city, including the zoo. Holy shit, dude. We're moving into that zoo animal, like, stories. Like, we're, we're getting there. Like, this whole... We went to bears, and now we're moving <laughs> to zoo animals, dude. Like, I'm so excited <clears throat> that these stories are starting to roll in. Cause it's like... The giraffe headbutt turned into a dude getting attacked by a lion and then a family getting out of the car to talk. Oh, my gosh. And here we are. Okay. Anyway. So it washed out the low-lying parts of the city, including the zoo, causing the majority of the animals to escape their pens and get out into the urban areas. So here's a hippo on the high streets. That's terrifying. (laughs) That's a really cool picture. A bear trying to escape the water by climbing into somebody's house via their air condition. That's terrifying. (laughs) Holy crap. It's a little baby bear though. Oh no, that's a big bear. That's a really that's a brown bear. Brown's death. Brown lay down? No. Yeah, brown lay down. Black fight back. Yeah. I don't know, man. I wouldn't fuck with either of them. I'm gonna be. We're not anatomically prepared to to deal with any of them in, in close quarters combat. Imagine, imagine trying to go get your your drink at the store, and there's a fucking hippo in between you and the store. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, fuck a bunch of that. That's like the world's deadliest animal. Anyway, now most people, if they've heard of Tbilisi flood at all, know that only know of the zoo animals escaping. In fact, 23 people died in the floods. 20 of the two of them drowned. The 23rd, I shit you not, was eaten by a tiger while minding his own business doing his warehouse job. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not, not that true. The blood. God damn it. Oh, oh God damn it. Oh, man. There's the article and everything. <laughs> My house has been flooded. The worst has happened, and now tiger death. Police have shot and killed a white tiger that killed a man Wednesday in Tbilisi, Georgia. Uh, The tiger attack happened at a warehouse in the city center. The animal had been unaccounted for since the weekend's flood destroyed the zoo premises. The man killed. Planning a murder. Of course, he was unaccounted for. (laughs) The man killed, who was 43, worked in a company based in the warehouse. The Ministry of Internal Affairs said doctors said he was attacked in the throat and died before reaching hospitals. Experts stay are still searching the warehouse. The ministry said, adding that earlier reports that the tiger had injured a second man were unfounded. Uh, the zoo said Wednesday that another tiger was still missing. (laughs) Oh my gosh! It was unable to confirm (laughs) if the creature was dead or had escaped alive. Oh man. City residents Dude, were urged I'm to stay indoor for their you, safety. You want to know what kind of a savage fucking animal a tiger is? Okay, after going through the traumatic experience of being captured from the wild and incarcerated, and then you survive a flood, what's the first thing you do with your newly acquired freedom? Murder someone. <laughs> you go immediately fucking go, fi- go locate... Now? Georgian Ryan over at the Tbilisi IPL, <laughs> just like <laughs> minding his own fucking what business. Fucking... 
What if I've been missing out on all these years? Oh, yeah, that's right. Murdering people. <laughs> this dude was like... Scott, have you been to the... Have you been to the big cat place with us yet? Oh, no, no, never have. Fuck, wait, have you? So you've never been that close to a tiger, like Michael and like Tim and other dudes and stuff. But how any. close can you get? Can you get like two feet away? I don't know. I'll, I'll I, go again. I don't if y'all want to wait till I come up know. for Gen Con, I'll go again. Like I'll... I'm sure I can get closer to this place than I can at most. They got these two. They got these two brothers there. They just call them the brothers that are younger and they're super fucking rowdy and they destroy their the, what's inside their enclosure all the time. Like they have like this three thing tower and they've just ripped the whole fucking top of it off just because just playing rough. And um, they weigh like 625 pounds. They're, oh, they're pa- damn, their paws. Their paws are like the literally the size of my torso. Um. And they're the ones that pissed on that guy. If you listen to that Eye of Horus, where Michael was saying he could cross it off of his list about seeing a tiger piss on a grown man, and the grown man, uh, like... Uh, um, he said, if I learned really anything, fucking... it's if a tiger lifts his tail off, you don't move back, you move horizontally away from the tiger. Like, yeah. you've got to think yeah. in the third dimension when a tiger lifts its tail, because if you don't, it doesn't like it doesn't matter how far back you think you can get, the tiger's going to spray you. It was just, it was so funny because the guy's trying to take a photo and I see the tiger turn and I go, bro, bro. And Michael's going, hey, mate, hey, mate. And I'm like, bro. And the tiger just pisses right on him. Right. And me and Michael look at each other right. and we look back right. and the guy's not moving. And we just both look at each other and go, just kind of shrug. <laughs> Man, I can only imagine what tiger piss smells like. Like cat piss. You know what cat piss smells like? Like that's like the worst yeah. smell that you could like the worst iodine eye burning smell you could smell in your life. Just imagine getting covered by like, you know, two million years of evolution piss. Like that's like <laughs> apex predator piss, primal murder fucking piss. Yeah. But anyway, Scott, these things heads. Michael seen them. The heads are like from cheek to cheek, like it's fur, so it's hard to tell because it's not matted down. But I, I guarantee you, they're they're close to two feet wide. Like where the the tufts of their fur are at, and their fucking paws are about a foot across. Like they're the size of my torso. Nah, it's too big. <laughs> it's, it's too big. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's no fucking joke. What's scary about them is like they're super like like I, I want to say like they bait you. They're like, hey man, I'm nice. Like they like rub their face up against the fence. Like yeah, just one pet. Like it's cool, man. Just pet me real quick. And you're like, man, I'm not allowed to. They said not to pet you. And they're like, no, nah, that's cool, man. Come on, go ahead and just give me a pet it's real quick. It's all right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it happens every once in a while. Yeah. Well, they said that uh, they, they're they so heavy and so strong that even if they didn't try to bite you, if you, like, put your hand through the fence just to scratch on them, and they just leaned on your hand, it would just smash your hand in the, into the fence. Like, it would break your hand just leaning on you because they're so blood. heavy and strong. <laughs> well, and they weigh 650 pounds, and then you're there sometimes, and they'll just decide they want. They're like a house cat. They'll just decide, hey, I like room rambunctious, especially these two. And the one that's like, one time I was there, like turned and just jumped like on this fucking platform, and each step's like 10 feet. So it's like just fucking leaves from the ground, like 12 foot in the fucking air, 650 pounds, just fucking lands on top, like has a ball playing around with it. I'm like, Jesus Christ, just no joke. Anyway. 
<laughs> Sorry, we got totally derailed from this email talking about tigers and how fucking ridiculous they are. <laughs> yeah, how dude. Fucking insane. All those people tagged us in that freaking lion killing that dude. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, after we talked about that last episode about, like, all the zoo attacks, animal attacks. Oh, like, yeah. Hey, the time to ask for do we have a rifle is not that time. Someone should have asked that question way before all this started. <laughs> <laughs> that dude getting dragged away. He's like, help! <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't turn your back on a lion, people. It'll fuck you up. And definitely don't get out of your car if you're like with. Don't get out of your car with your kids if you're filming cheetahs. That seems like a really bad idea. Well, like, the, the best is when that lion comes at him. How slow that old man runs. He looks like Peyton Manning on a scramble. That's how fucking slow it was. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, I was like, oh, come on. This isn't even fair. <laughs> okay. So next story up comes from the boys of the golden throne. It's voicemail and bear stories from bot GT. Hey gents attaches a voicemail and two bear stories for you boys. Let me know if there's any issues with the files. Hey guys, AJ here from the Bo Tigata podcast, aka the Bachi T, aka Boys of the Golden Throne. Uh, a little late sending this in, but just wanted to congratulate you guys on hitting your big 100th episode or 103 or 104, whatever Ryan says it is. But uh, yeah, awesome. You guys are a pillar of the community. Um, you know, great, to really make my work day amazing and. You know, colleagues are always just laughing at me as I giggle in the corner and just dying about you talking about the size of, uh, you know, John West's hog. So uh, <laughs> thanks a lot. Um, thanks again, Ryan, for uh, the list ideas in my for my new um, trader list, Alpha Legion, with all the drop pods. Uh, so I've, I've picked up everything, and Ryan, I, I'm sorry, but I forgot that damn form, so lost even more money at Forge World by not getting this tax form. I'm sure you can go into and explain to the listeners what that's all about and how much money I might have uh, lost out on. But anyway, I'm wondering if any of you guys on the podcast might have some suggestions on how to transport Dreadclaws, um, specifically on a plane, i.e. coming down to Heresy Camp. Woo! Um, currently, I can't find any good case solutions for them. Uh, I know that... Um, Battle Foam has got some foam trays for regular drop pods and Dreadnought drop pods and the big-ass Charybdis uh, drop pod, but I don't believe they have anything for Dreadclaw, so any ideas that you guys might have would be awesome. Um, I can confirm that uh, John does stand like the way you, that you guys described on the last episode with his power leans. We're actually looking for one of those old school, like, I don't know, early 90s thigh masters so he can bring that to events and just like pump it at the table and intimidate people <laughs> with his short shorts even more than he already does. Maybe get him one of those little hand, um, you know, workout tools as well. <laughs> just, uh, you know. We like John. We like him to show off all the all the gifts that he has. Um, <laughs> so also wanted to shout out um, my boy Teo, my co-host. Uh, co-host. I guess I'm the co-host. But anyway, uh, he's he's gone through a tough couple of months, and uh, 
he really wants to come to heresy camp so he's actually started a a gofundme if there's any listeners out there that you know might listen to our show or just want to help a guy out and throw like 20 bucks here or whatever anything that you can be really wicked to try to get him to come down to heresy camp uh thank you guys for posting it out and uh hopefully we can get my boy teo down so uh See you guys at uh, Heresy Camp, and, uh, you know, keep talking about John's hog, because it just kills me at work, and uh, it's quite funny (laughs) to think that I think his hog is, you know, more well-known in the community than our podcast is, so uh, I'll follow this up with a couple of uh, bear stories for you boys, and I will see you at Heresy Camp. Peace. (laughs) So, fantastic. Powerful AJ from the Boys of the Golden Throne podcast. Love that dude. He's so positive all time. Uh, on the transport of the Dreadclaw, I guess the first question is, is it assembled? <clears throat> That's a big deal. Like, have you assembled said Dreadclaw yet? Because if not, hit Derek up, because Derek has magnetized his Dreadclaw, and it looks great. Like, it's, like, so perfect, because it's the same profile as a drop pod right now, and so he can just, like, slide it into what would be the drop pod splots, if you haven't assembled it yet. If you had assembled it, Battlefoam does make the Anvilus uh, If you, If you have assembled it, hit me up because I save all my tray designs. My custom tray design for Anvilus Claws are way better than anything that they sell. And I have about seven or eight different ones. There you go. Powerful AJ. Boys of Golden Throne. Scott does the same thing with his, right? Yours are magnetized? Yep, yep. I just magnetize mine, and then I can just drop it in, lay it on its side, and drop it in a regular drop pod foam, and then just set those claws, like those longer protruding claws on top of it. It's fine. Yep. It fits in about four inches deep of foam if you, you set it on its side. Perfection. So y'all want Bear Story 1 or 2? We can only play one for time, but we'll play the next one. Two. Number two. Okay. Yeah, go out of order so it's harder to remember, Scott. Yeah, there we go. Always thinking. Good. (laughs) Hey, guys, AJ again from the Bot GT with Bear Story number two. So (laughs) in this second story, I'm uh, up on um, the Ridge Mountains just outside of Vancouver in this area called the Lions. It's just a a feature that's up there uh, along this trail called the House Sound Trail. And uh, for this, this particular area, you can get onto this trail really easily one of the great things about vancouver is that you can like take public transportation and get way out in the mountains or at least to trails to go and head out into the mountains so uh at this current time this must have been like hmm, seven or eight years ago i guess now um i didn't have a job so i was going in the mountains a lot just to kill time and uh did this did this one hike solo up along the trail and it was on i guess day it must have been day two of my trip i was just doing like a three-day um hike and you know going solo camping is not you know a lot of people get freaked out when i tell them that i do that but in a lot of these areas that i go there's a lot of people around so you know i've only gone a couple times where i actually haven't been at a campsite where there are other people around and you know, mostly you're just hiking during the day by yourself. But always oh, got some podcasts going and keeping keeping something in your ear makes you at least one ear so you can hear what's going on. But hearing, you know, what else is going around and keeping someone in your ear to keep you feel like you're there with someone. Um, 
So, I get to my second campsite, and there's lots of people. And I'm like, oh, okay, sweet. I'm not going to have to worry about, you know, being here at night. And then I see that everyone's packing up. So, you know, everyone leaves, and I'm like, damn it, okay. Uh, and then I see these guys, or no, sorry. I start making my dinner, and, uh, you know, take my dinner, sit by this little lake that was right by the camp, start eating, and I see these other two hikers coming along the, the lake. And I'm like, all right, wicked. It's like 7 o'clock. There's no way that they're hiking all the way out to the end of the trail. They'll definitely be here for the night. So they see me, they come, and we chat a little bit, like, oh, yeah, where have you been camping, blah, blah, blah. And then, uh, you know, we're probably talking for like 10, 15 minutes, and then they're like, all right, we're actually uh, hiking out, so uh, have a good night. And, uh, oh, by the way, on the other side of the lake, when we were coming in here, we saw that there was a black bear, you know, looking over at this side of the lake, looking really curious. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, see you guys. And they just take off. I'm, the whole time I'm thinking, like, what, you just wait after 10, 15-minute talk to tell me this now? So where I was sitting on the lake, I couldn't see where this bear was. So I get up, you know, walk around to a point where I could see the whole lake. And sure enough, there's a... A pretty sizable black bear checking out, you know, looking all curious over on my side of the of the lake. So of course he'd like smelt me making dinner, and so I'm like, all right, I got to do something about this. So I go over to my campsite, grab my pots and pans, just start banging them, making tons of noise. At this point, when I went and picked up my pots and pans, I realized that all around the area that I set my tent up are all these blueberry bushes so i make all this noise freaking out like an absolute idiot making tons of noise you know i was thinking if anyone comes down the trail right now they're gonna think that i'm an absolute psycho and scare the bear he takes running off the mountain and i'm like all right great but if anyone is being around you know in the woods with black bears once they get that scent they're gonna you know they're not gonna easily just run away like that so the whole night, you know, I'm by myself in this thing. I got my knife in one hand, my bear spray in the other, in my tent with my arms cl- crossed. And, like, the first bear story, <laughs> I was really close, right? I was maybe, like, 10, 15 feet away from this bear. Oh, that was scary, but that that lasted for, like, a few seconds. This was the whole entire night of not getting any sleep, you know, just every single twig breaking and everything, thinking it was this black bear coming to you know, get, get his just desserts. So luckily nothing happened. (laughs) So, you know, no big payoff, but definitely was one of the scariest nights I've ever had in the bush. So, uh, you know, watch out for those black bears and, uh, thanks for everything you guys do. I'll talk to you later and see you at Harry's camp. Peace. So two things about this story. First off, black bears are a bitch. Like, come on. Like, (laughs) <laughs> you like like that that one dude you <laughs> what's up you fat piece of shit <laughs> like <laughs> michael i feel like you're setting yourself up for a fucking unfortunate encounter man <laughs> what are these days <laughs> i'm gonna fucking straight up punch a bear in the nose man i'm not a brown bear got respect for but this this podcast has made me lose respect for black bears but anyway uh Secondly, t- AJ, man, you've got to stop K 
camping by yourself, man. That's how that's how you get four one one, man. Like that's how you end that up is not safe, in a book. That is not safe. <laughs> like, like as many UFO stories. I wouldn't even stories. be worried about bears. I'd be worried about some fucking crazy asshole out there in the woods getting you. You do it a fucking Jerry Ridgeway on your ass out there in the woods. <laughs> For real, man. And like, like. Like unfortunately, like the the sad you got <laughs> the sad sad like image in my head of like AJ sitting there like oh sweet more campers I can't wait to talk to them I can see like some freaking like like hey, what's serial your name, killer uh, Ted <laughs> yeah Ted <exactly>. who Bundy. <laughs> yeah poor AJ you're too friendly man you're too friendly to be camping by yourself. Get somebody else out there with you. Get Jonathan out there. He'll scare the bears away with yeah, his hog. Get, yeah, have him fucking mushroom stamp that stupid black bear and scare it off. <laughs> so that came from Legion of Lies. That was the shout out. Let me see what else we got. We got a deer story. So... This says, now for a payment, a deer story, animal lover, trigger warning may be needed. This comes from Matt. Oh, man. This has been one hell of an episode. A number of years ago when I was living in Nova Scotia, Canada, think Maine but north, a friend of mine and I were driving in the nearest actual city for the weekend after class one night, university. After class one night, I don't know what that means, when we see a deer off the side of the road. This deer looked pretty chill. He was just there munching on some grass. But as we pulled pretty much parallel with him, he decided it was his time to go. <laughs> and stuck his head out and did the driving lane of the highway. <laughs> <laughs> My, I'm laughing at Michael. Like, not that the story's not funny, but we've just killed Michael. <laughs> <laughs> that deer's like, yep. <laughs> enough. I've had enough of my <laughs> shitty life. <laughs> Time to go. Well, Angela, what do you think of me now? <laughs> Deer committed suicide. <laughs> we were traveling about 110 kilometers per hour, about 70, when we made contact with the deer's throat. After a blood-curdling croaking noise and the explosion of deer blood all over the windshield, we figured we should probably stop and make sure the poor deer is dead. Oh, yeah. It was not. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Dude, this next line. This fucking deer was laying there bleeding and shitting up a storm. A literal shit storm. It was everywhere. I guess that's what's happened when you pretty much lose your head to a car. Shortly thereafter, it finally expired, and we headed back onto the road, stopping at the car wash before hitting up a bar to drink away the event. (laughs) Oh, my God, dude. What the hell? (laughs) <laughs> like that deer's like just the way you describe it I was just sitting there pretty chill eating grass I was like oh, was that a car boop pow I've had enough oh finally the sweet release of death <laughs> oh man that's so funny so next one comes up from Shane this is a, says Betraya I'm writing you for a final plug for the narrative event for Betrayer Part 2. I mean, really, what could possibly be better than having a bunch of dudes together in a room hard for heresy, of course. It's three games, 2,000 points each. Custodes may only be taken as an allied detachment. See link below for the deets. So this is going to be Betrayer. 
Uh, this is part three of it. Oh, I'm sorry, part two. Uh, this is going to take place in Pennsylvania, and I believe that is at the Adventurers Guild, if I remember correctly. Reading the event, reading the event. Yeah, Betrayer, part two. So that's going to be 3846A, Union Deposit Road, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and this will be May 26th. So May 26th, get in there. Uh, they had a huge turnout for Betrayer Part 1, so uh, looks like right now 14 said they're going, 29 interested. So, yeah, the last time they had it all packed up, showing us that Heresy is, in fact, not dead. So go check that out, man, especially if you're in Pennsylvania. I know you got a sweet, sweet scene up in the old Pennsylvania, Ohio area. Yeah, old, old Tom over there in the U.K., Geno 5-2, just had an event with 68 people. I think that's the... I mean, just for a one-day heresy event or whatever it was over at Tarsus. So, Power, powerful Tom. Sounds powerful, dead to me. Six, 68 people. 68 zombies, bro. Okay. Next one comes from Cody. <clears throat> nope. That's a list. Okay, we got a voicemail. Oh, it's a long one. Hold on. Welcome to story time. So I was about 14 or 15 years old, and my mom had just gotten home from Aaron and said, hey, it's time to do uh, uh, some maintenance work on the Bronco. So she uh, had me working on changing the oil while she was changing out the spark plugs and had me refilling the oil. And while I was refilling the oil, which... In the Bronco, it's, it's about uh, far enough back that I had to be tall to, already to reach back there and have an extended hose, but I had to stand uh, near the corner of the uh, truck to reach it, and she was going to change out uh, or add to the uh, coolant in the radiator. Well, there's an interesting thing about the uh, radiator in the uh, Bronco. It's an angle cap radiator, so it points towards the uh, corner of the truck, and the it had been about a half an hour, maybe 45 minutes, maybe an hour since she had gotten home. But she thought that was long enough, so she goes to open the cap, but it's a little bit too hot for her to handle. So my mom, in all her brilliance, and while I don't know anything about cars at 14 years old, uh, gets a towel and, and manages to get the cap off the radiator. Well, anybody who does know about cars knows that... Uh, half an hour, hour or so after driving for a while isn't enough for the radiator really to cool down. So I got hit with scalding uh, mix of uh, radiator fluid and water. And when I say scalding, I meant that uh, it hit my left side and when I went to take my uh, shirt off, some of the skin came with it and a lot of the other skin was sagging and melted like wax. Needless to say, uh, I was in some bad way, and because my mom now had just exhausted a large chunk of the uh, fluid in the radiator, couldn't uh, get me to the hospital in the Bronco, uh, and we couldn't afford an ambulance because we was dirt poor, so I had to wait, holding on to a thermostat for the uh, uh, in-window AC on me to keep me cool while my dad came home to pick me up and take me to get medical treatment. That's some bad shit. 
The good news is it at least wiped off the scar that I had from uh, slitting my side open uh, when I was six. Talk to you all later. Oh, man, that's just... I wonder where that scar came from. Was it also bad parroting? Or was it... (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Your mom didn't know. That sucks so much dick, though. (laughs) Well, we can't go anywhere because you spilled all the radiator fluid out. (laughs) i tell you the worst is when you dump scalding hot shit on your shoe because it soaks into the fucking cloth. I know you guys have probably done this at some point. Dump something really fucking hot and liquid on your shoe. And it soaks in, and it's burning the fuck out of your foot, but you can't get your shoe off fast enough, and it's literally just sitting there. Because it's not like it hits and runs off. It's like soaked into the foam of the shoe. It's just continually burning you. Yeah, I've had a scalding hot uh, scalding hot engine oil from a cat spilled on my mechanic glove, and I could not get that sucker fast off, yep. off fast enough. Same thing. <laughs> when I used to pull, when I used to pull ash at the fucking power plant down in the basement, it's literally like the coal. The part that doesn't burn up is like liquid rock, so it looks like lava. It's glowing cherry red liquid coal residue that doesn't get burnt up. That's dripping into a giant tank of water, and when it hits the water, it's supposed to cool off. And then you it gets shattered up, and you open this. They have this thing called a doghouse, and it's got an interior door and an exterior door. You're only supposed to open the interior door, and it's supposed to, as the water runs out, it runs out through a grate, and you have this water jet in there that's supposed to push it out to the ash pond. The problem is, we had this piece of shit unit that I just the name the nickname for it was the motherfucker, and it was supposed to be a dry bottom ash unit that some hillbilly in the 30s or whatever converted it over to a wet bottom and it didn't work properly so the shit would come out in these giant clinkers you'd have to bust up with an iron rod well sometimes it wasn't cooled off enough the water because all that glowing cherry red rock coal shit's dripping in it it obviously heats the water when the water's supposed to cool it but it's so hot it's heating the water so sometimes you'd open that fucking door and it'd get out of control and that water would splash out and soak your fucking feet and it was like you know Hundreds of degrees, and you fucking couldn't get your boots off fast enough. Goodness So gracious. I had my... The worst was when it hit your pants or your boots, like your, your pants, you'd have those fucking copper rivets on your Levi's or whatever, and it'd heat them up, and I had little burn circles around my hips and shit where it'd like, heat that copper up, and you'd be like, ha, 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 and you'd be trying to get, pull your fucking pants down or away from your body. Oh, my It would, like, gosh. steam you. <laughs> yeah, it was a shitty Burns job. Worst, I hated it. Man, Burns hurt the worst. Like at night, I was on a machine gun team in my first deployment. Well, when like a 240s barrel starts to heat up, especially under nods, it glows like bright luminescent, like a like a fucking lightsaber because your night vision will pick up, you know, any kind of infrared heat or anything like that. So I was getting ready to change the barrel on this thing. And to change the barrel on a 240, it has like a quick detach button where you slap up like a carrying handle and then pull it forward and put on a new one. So this thing's glowing fucking red. And I went to slap up on the charging handle and missed it. And my forearm slid across that barrel. And you remember how you were talking about like hot butter across a skillet? That's what happened with my arm. And it slid all the way down this barrel. And I just smelled it like cooking and popping and doing all this like 
shit, and I I couldn't see through the nods what the fuck was going on because it was so hot. I couldn't feel it at first, and then the pain hit, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And when I went to pull it away, it had melted my forearm to the gun of the barrel, oh. and I pulled it away, and pulled all the skin off, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> and I just I remember it hurting bad enough. I wanted to throw up, but then I smelled. The, all the skin cooking, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna throw up now for sure. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna throw up now. Yeah. <laughs> Did you throw up? <laughs> Did you? No. no. Oh, I oh. was just like, fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, no. This oh, is, no. <laughs> this is why my sleeves are supposed to be rolled down. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh God! Oof. Thank you for that story, Scott. Now I have to live with that. <laughs> so next one comes from Llewellyn. Llewellyn. Llewabundus. It's Llewellyn, bro. Llewellyn. Don't you watch No Country for Old Men? I do now. <laughs> Llewellyn, which we've gotten that name wrong a lot. Well, I have personally. I haven't. I've gotten. Anyway, it says, my gosh, and thanks. Hey, guys, huge fan of the show. I just wanted to start by saying a big thanks to Ryan for all the list help I've had over the years and an extra thanks on behalf of all the people who don't say thanks. Uh, my friend's local gaming store has just announced a campaign day. Click for details. And I'm super excited about it. This event will be comprised of the following games. 1,000-point Somertalis, 1,500 and 2,000-point games. Uh, the event will be for 28 players, 14 loyalists, 14 traders, and is being held at the Gaming Loft at Curtain Games in Crediton, Devon, UK. Whatever that means. Crediton is, I guess, the city. Devon is the state. And then the UK? Is that how that works? I don't know. Whenever you all mail stuff internationally, do you, like, get really nervous when you're filling out the, like, portion for, like, the city, state, and all that jazz? I always feel like I'm gonna get it, I get it wrong. But if, for you people that live in the UK, hopefully know where Crediton, Devon, UK is. It's on the 14th of July. It would be fantastic if you could shout out our event on the podcast. We're big fans of the show and would greatly appreciate some publicity for the event. There it is, guys. Absolutely the publicity. With this in mind, I've been trying to write up a thousand-point list. And using Ryan's general advice for making a list, I've come up with the following list below. However, I feel that I should pay you for this service with a short tale. It's by no means crazy animal attack story or an industrial accident, but it's funny. Uh, this harks back to a time when I was younger. My friends and I would often get together at my house while my parents were away to drink some beers, enjoy some brewskis, and enjoy some Reverly. Uh, one of our friends, who we'll call JC, okay, Jesus Christ, had a Jesus reputation <laughs> for passing out. No matter where he was when he got drunk. So he just pass out wherever he was. One typical night on a, of drinking and talking, JC was happily snoozing away in his chair as we sat around the table drinking and having fun. We thought it'd be funny to draw on JC's face. So he started drawing and writing the stereotypical things you can expect. Swear words, dicks, etc. Uh, this carried on as we all got more and more drunk and eventually everyone either passed out or went to bed. I woke up the next morning to hear JC shouting as he ran into my bedroom, violently shaking me by the shoulders. What have you guys done? He yelled. 
As I opened my eyes, his panicked face came into focus, and I could see why he was alarmed. His entire face was colored jet black, thanks to the fine folks at Sharpie, and he had some rather psychedelic patterns drawn over the black with Typex, whiteout. <laughs> I have to go to work in 15 minutes, and it won't come off. He ran out the room yelling like a madman. This is probably a good point to mention that he worked at a very swanky organic farm shop. Known for its good values, quality products, and excellent customer service. Uh, I went downstairs and found him in the kitchen, scrubbing frantically at his face with a green scouring pad. After a good 10 minutes of scrubbing, most of the graffiti was gone. I assured him he looked fine, despite the rather dark tone to his skin. <laughs> as his face dried off, as he dried his face off and turned to leave, I caught a glimpse of something on the back of his neck. I craned, I craned my neck to get a better glance as he walked out the kitchen door to his car, and in large letters on the back of his neck's neck was the word cunt. I shouted out to him, Hey, JC, I hope you're not too late for work. Thanks for reading, guys. My Zomortalis list is as follows. Oh, man. Oh, I hope you're not late for work. So he didn't tell him. He just let him go to work with a giant cunt on the back of his neck. There we go. That's a true friend right there, though. I'm sure he didn't get fired. <laughs> okay. And then he also sent us a new bit supplier for the list that Powerful Will is putting together. But that's it. Oh, wait, nope. Got one more story. God Read this shit. It. Florida parachuting <laughs> story and the Raven Guard list. Uh, Ryan, as promised, before I'd ask for any list help, I prefaced my request with an army story, and believe me, there are plenty. Fuck yeah. Not too long ago, I was down in Florida for some training, and a few days into it, we have a scheduled static line parachuting plant into the water off the coast. Everyone swears everyone wears a, swears a water jump is great because the landing is the best part. Soft is the best part, soft. Unlike skydiving, static line parachuting, like you see the cool guys do in movies, is how the army takes something fun and shits all over it. Because when you hit the ground, it's like jumping off a third-story building and hoping you don't break something. Is that true, Scott? <laughs> is it that shitty? Yeah, pretty much. It's like taking a relatively safe and practical idea of skydiving and then just fucking inseminating it with the federal government's dumbass ideas. Boom. <laughs> army parachute. <laughs> so... <laughs> So water jump is way funner, I guess, somehow. Yeah, well, soft ground. So, you know, you're not fucking smashing into the earth at 18 feet per second. <laughs> you're just dipping your toes in the water. In theory, it sounds better. <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like wearing all that gear is, like, pretty heavy for some reason. Yeah, well, there's one danger, and there's also the danger of what else is in that water when you decide to go in there. Well, we were on... Chris Duncan was on here talking about jumping in with all the sharks. They're, yeah, he's like, what are all those shakes so, down there? Oh, there's sharks. Go, go, go. He's like, fuck, as he goes out the door. No, <laughs> Fast forward to jump day. Winds are 17 knots, which is fairly high for static line jumping. But since the water, we're a go. So I exit the aircraft at 1,500 feet, and all is well. My chute is open, so first dilemma has been averted. Now they say the water jumps are the most dangerous because they take the longest to prepare for. So here I am enjoying the view of the Florida water, cruise ship, chicks on the jet skis below me, and then I remember the shit I've got a lot of stuff to do. 
I start going through my procedures, and the last one being to release your leg straps that hold you into the harness right as your feet hit the water, so you can slide all your slide out of your parachute and call it a great day. Tread water, wait for the boat to pick you up, something like that. Well, I can't get my leg strap. I can't get to my left leg strap connector, and I hit the water nice and easy. Those 17 knot winds grab my parachute and rip me sideways, and under the water, I'm getting dragged. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> I immediately go into panic mode. Here I am getting drugged by a demon parasail on a great day, and I've got one leg strap between life and eternity with Davy Jones' locker. <laughs> After some quick thinking, I'm able to muscle hand over my hand up my loose harness and reach my canopy release assembly and to release the parachute completely. I immediately stop moving and float there, catching my breath. Meanwhile, a bunch of spring breakers fly by on their jet skis talking about how cool our job is. Yay. Yeah. Great dickheads. Where were you at two minutes ago when I almost died? (laughs) Anyway. So, so yeah, that was his story. Holy shit. Like that sounds terrifying. Yeah. So when you do that, you like <clears throat> whatever parachute he was jumping, it has a reserve in the front. So he has to unbuckle that thing, rotate it around to the side, and then undo his waist belt and sit himself into the saddle of his, like pull his leg strap down over his at, underneath his ass cheeks yeah. and sit into his saddle like it's a chair and then bust his chest strap and wait. And when you hit the water, you have to hit both of those leg strap ejector snaps at the same time and then slide out of your harness. And if at any point you fucking any of this up, you're going wherever that parachute goes underneath that water to include under the fucking water if that's where it decides to go. So, <laughs> Oh, man, you catch some, <laughs> some ridiculous, like... <laughs> undertow or something that just pulls you along. Oh my yeah, god. Fucking I don't know. Gets caught on a fucking boat or <laughs> who knows what. Just any any uh, any impossible fucking horrible outcome. Caught on a piece of coral, maybe a piece of driftwood that decides to <laughs> murder you that day. Who knows? Oh Fuck. man. <laughs> Great story, man. Glad you uh you got more because we'll take him comes from e e brown so uh that's all we have for stories guys that's it we got a whole nother section coming up for list i know we're already going on like three hours here so it's gonna be a longer episode <laughs> that's what happens when we take a break from reading this voicemails way. yeah yeah it backs up it, it backs up that's what we get for doing the iron hands episode for you fools hopefully you enjoyed that hopefully i saw that there's been a ton of people thanking us for it and a ton of people in the iron hands <laughs> that came back and were like, yeah, it was a good episode. Thanks for like, you know, <laughs> telling me how awful Ferris Manus is <laughs> like, but you know, good episode on, you know, you mean how awful Ferris is a good Primark. You mean like <laughs> character wise? Yeah. Like character wise. Like, no, like character wise. Oh, okay. yeah. I wasn't around when you guys went over the rules for him. He's good in the game. No, yeah, he's a good, good character. Like good, good play, but you know, not so good fluff wise like yeah not so much story behind that boy so anyway uh we will cut over to some music real quick and then me and ryan will go over a bunch of lists so see you in a little bit guys Scott wants to stick around and listen to all of them oh yeah yeah sure <laughs> you're right on that <laughs> 
All right, Radio Freest Van listeners, and welcome to the list portion of this episode. So me and Ryan are going to sit down here. We're going to do five lists for you fellas and ladies. And uh, <laughs> let, me, let me go ahead and break down what we got for you. So first things first, we got a uh, Shadow Crusade list. It's going to be a World Eater Word Bearer list uh, that we got sent in. Uh, then we got a Dreadwing list, a Sons of Horus list, a Cybernetica list, and a Third Company Elite list. So, which one do you want to do first, Ryan? What's your favorite out of all? I don't care. Oh, okay. You pick. Let's start with Dealer's this choice. Third Company Elite list. How about that? Okay. What's the name? Oh, here I'll find it. I got it. This right comes here from. This me. comes from Ron. Ron. Ron says, hi guys, love the podcast. I finally went out to Pop Goes the Monkey on Shapeways and saw that he had Sonic Disruptors. So do you guys have a podcast of an Emperor's Children, Ride of War, Third Company Elite to give me some ideas of how to make up an army up of cacophony as troops? Thank you for a great podcast. Uh, so we do have the Emperor's Children episode, but it's not strictly about how to make a Third Company Elite army. Um, I I did. Get we to have f- done we have done third company elite list in the past. I don't know what episode number. Yes, yes, we have. They're pretty popular. We actually. only have a few episodes out there, and they're not that long. Just go ahead and listen to all of them and get back to me next week. <laughs> For I don't even know if that's possible, dude. We're on episode one hundred and two. They're about three hours each. Uh, that's three hundred hours. So you're looking at about twelve days. So he can get back to you in thirteen days. Give us some time to. All right, report back, Ron. Let us know what episode that was on. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you, powerful Ron. Next list. <laughs> now, what'd you do for him, man? All right, what'd you do with this list? So, I just wrote a third uh, third company elite list, a twenty five hundred point list. We actually had somebody else write in. Hold on one uh, second. One second, Trevor. Go ahead and hit that little fifteen forward button like ten times. Ignore this part of the podcast. Okay, now we can go. Who's Trevor? Oh, he's one of the guys in our Escalation League that's trying to play third company elite and shit on me all last week. So, oh, okay, <laughs> he just needs to skip all this. <laughs> just skip so, all this. So, Chris, Chris, uh, the guy that wrote in about living in Georgia, not the state of Georgia, but the country of Georgia. That's right. Yep, with the zoo animals. He yeah. also had a third company elite list. Um, so he might get something out of this too. He only owns a specific set of models, um, but I'll message him this week and I'll get with him on something customer or whatever. Cool. So, so anyway, this is just one from scratch. This was like, didn't nobody gave me any models. It's just, if I were going to sit down and write a 2,500 point third company elite list and play it myself, this is probably what it would look like. Which is like um, the, best, uh, the best way to do it. Like, before you even buy models, just tell Ryan what kind of list you want, and he'll go to town with it. (laughs) So, I got a Praetor in Terminator armor. Um, He's in Cataphracty armor. He's taken right of War Third Company Elite. He's got a combi weapon, a Paragon blade, digital lasers, grenade harness, and Sonic Shrieker. I'll get to the combi weapon in a minute. Um, Then I have a Chaplain in Terminator armor. He's got a Crozius. You can make it whatever you want. Uh, also in Cataphracty armor. He also has a combi weapon. He has a Sonic Shrieker. 
then for troops, I have nine cacophony in a unit, so a unit of nine. Uh, the orchestrator has artificer armor. For the second's troops choice, I have another exactly the same unit, nine cacophony. The orchestrator has artificer armor. For the third troops choice, I have the exact same unit, nine cacophony, orchestrator has artificer armor. But this one is in a dedicated rhino with multi-melta. For elites, I have eight cataphracty terminators. Uh, all eight of them have combi weapons. Uh, three of them have lightning claws. Four of them have chain fist. And the sergeant has a phoenix power spear. For the second elite's choice, I have an apothecary and detachment made up of three apothecaries. All three of them have artificer armor and augury scanner. And one of each, one goes in each of the nine-man cacophony units. That's why there are only nine men. So your apothecary will make them ten. For fast attack, I have a Xiphon with ground tracking auguries. For heavy support, I have a uh, Land Raider Battle Squadron with a single Proteus Land Raider, the non-assault one, just the cheap one, uh, with Dozer Blade and Armored Ceramite. And one of those cacophony units that didn't have the Rhino goes in it. For the second heavy support choice, I have another Land Raider Proteus with Dozer Blade and Armored Ceramite. The other cacophony without a ride goes in it. And then last but not least in heavy support, I have a Cryptus Assault Claw. And that's where the eight Terminators, the Praetor, and the Chaplain will go. So the idea with the combi weapons on the Terminators, you can make them whatever you want. I would probably make them combi Volkite, but I would model them up to also be like to look like some type of combi or uh, sonic weapon. Yeah, for sure. And then, or you could give them grenade launchers because they're infinite. You can, you know what I mean? They don't ever run out of ammo either. So you're not just shooting combi boulders. So you'd either have this blast effect or a Volkite effect. To I think the Volkite is closer to the uh, cacophony rules. Yeah. yeah, where it does wounds and then on the back end does more wounds, just like how the cacophony work. So you can make them almost like a lesser sonic weapon to represent that, um, which I thought was kind of cool and themey. Um, uh, and then for the anti-tank in the list, you got the two Proteuses with all the last cannons, the Xiphon with the last cannons, the missile launcher, the Terminators in close combat, and then all the Cacophony are strength six. So they're pretty decent in it. And so is the Charybdis with its 10 shot. So that's pretty good at like lighter armor. Why the Xiphon? Like, what, is that just an Emperor's Children kind of aesthetic or? All the fast attacks taken up. So you're left with Storm Eagle or Xiphon for anti-flyer, and the Xiphon of the two is the better anti-flyer. It also has decent anti-tank, and this t- list was lacking a little bit in the anti-tank department. It's a little soft there, so I felt like that was the like best anti-tank flyer for that doesn't drop off, that doesn't just like shoot Krakens and is out. Okay. Yeah, because I was going to say, man, like compared to a Lightning, <laughs> like... Uh, the Xiphon's a good anti-tank, but if you want something that's going to have staying power, I hear you. Yeah. I mean, you could run a lightning. I also just, I think the Xiphon looks cool in an Emperor's Children army. Plus it has Marine crew where a lightning doesn't. So it was like third company elite list. It's like all their elite shit. You could model it up to have like sirens and shit on it. Almost like an old Stuka. Like we're zipping around and screaming through the air. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Put some thought into that bad boy. 
Yeah. So I feel like this would be neat. Like if you modeled all the, that's why I put combi weapons on everybody in Terminator armor to represent them having their own sonic weapon, even though it's not really a sonic weapon. You could, you know, in your fluff it could be. And then you got nine units of cacophony, and then you got the rhino, the two land raiders, and the charybdis to hold everybody. And then all those cacophony have uh, apothecaries in them. Yeah. And man. everything in the list, everything in the list scores uh, all the all the big units score. You know, I was thinking the other day because I like I played against that unit of cacophony with my terminators, and they just got gunched up hard, like just with the extra wounds. I mean, they do so much shots, and you, like just you throwing all those armor saves is you're gonna fail one or two, and then you're gonna possibly fail your leadership test, and then you take the additional wounds or whatever. I just got gunched up hard by it. And all I was thinking, it was like, man, the only way that I could do decent against that is if I just deep struck into that ass. And then now you've given them augury scanners <laughs> and feel no pain. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah. oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you for... Yeah. Oh, well, they're, they're in <laughs> they're in armor, for one. So if you just try to shoot them with artillery or whatever, you got to get them out of the tanks. And yeah. then you have your Charybdis to drop your Terminators in to try to clear out that before you get out of armor, if that's a thing. And then if, like you said, if they're just like coming in and drop pods trying to shoot you, you don't even have to be in the tank. You can just use your Augury Scanner and then light them up with all your shots before they even <laughs> do shit. Like they bef- well, In their turn, so you can get the next turn. Yeah. Well, you don't shoot because it counts as Interceptor, so you don't get a fire oh, yeah, the following yeah, turn. Yeah. You get to go do other stuff, like back up out of charge yeah. range. Or get back in your tank and hide for a turn. <laughs> cool list, man. Very cool list. All right, next one comes from Mark. Hmm, okay. Very cool last name. I don't want to say his last name just because, you know, I don't want to read people's last names, but... Got it, it reminds me of uh, Wolverine. Anyway, uh, it says, Hi, Ryan. I own a Thanater Calyx only because it's an awesome model for my No, 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 no. no. That was a reply email. There's a first one. Read the first email and then read that one. Okay. You should have two separate ones. Okay. Hey, Ryan. I hope this email finds you well. I'm looking at building up my Mechanicum Cybernetica list to have an, as an allied force for my Thousand Sons. Basing around the Zero Archod Forge World, the Zao Archod Forge World, so keeping it nice and fluffy. I'm also looking at visiting the States again with a wife and listening to yours and the Aussies podcast. It sounded like you had an absolute blast of a time. Could you recommend places to visit in Texas and Indiana when, when we visit? Oh, oh my goodness. Yours heretically, heretically, Mark. Okay, so what happened was I, I wrote a 2,500-point Mechanicum list and then sent it to him and then was like, I didn't know what you wanted because you said allied, so I didn't know if you just wanted an allied detachment or a whole army. Yep. And even if you only wanted an allied detachment, you didn't tell me how many points. So I didn't know to like whether just to fill it out or what. So I just wrote a 2,500-point list and went, here you go, figuring if he wanted it to be allied, he could just subtract things out of it you know, or whatever. I didn't know. And then he wrote back, and you can read his return email. He said, Hi, Ryan. I own a Thanatar 
for my mech, and I was thinking an allied detachment for my Thousand Sons, but I'm liking the look of the below list. Thank you. Is there any chance you can make it 3K? Kind regards. Okay, so did you get a 3K list for him? Yes, so I wrote a 3K list. So this is what I ended up with. It's Cybernetica, and I wanted to do where the whole list was uh, Automata, which is what I like to do with Cybernetica. We've I've kind of done a few lists in the past before, and we, we've kind of talked about that same thing. Um, so I wanted it to not have anything that wasn't Automata or auto, Automated, which we'll get to why I threw that little caveat in there. So for HQ, I got an Arc Magos Dominus. Uh, he's got a Mastercrafted Power Weapon. You can make it whatever you want. Uh, augury scanner, cyber familiar, machinator array, graviton gun, and he's on an abeyant. Uh, so pretty decked out Archmagos Dominus. But then for the second HQ, I just got a normal Magos Dominus with a mastercrafted power weapon and a cyber familiar. And then for the third and final HQ, I have another Magos Dominus with mastercrafted power weapon and cyber familiar. For troops, I have two uh, Castellacs. In one unit, uh, they both have dark fire cannons. They both have power blades and enhanced targeting array. Um, then I have another unit of three Castellacs. Um, these just have the standard bolt cannon, but as far as close combat weapons go, two of them have power blades. One of them has a siege wrecker. And then. The third troop's choice is four units of skill axe guardian autom- automata, just so you ha- and one has a graviton gun. They're the only automata that are scoring, um, so you kind of need to take them if you're trying to stick to all automata and you actually want to be able to maybe score some objectives. So the uh, fourth unit of troops is another four-man skill axe guardian automata squad with graviton gun, and the fifth and final troop's choice is another four-man skill axe units with guard with a graviton gun on one guy for fast attack i have a unit of vulture x uh, it's two of them just no upgrades just two vulture x um for the second fast attack choice i have five vorax um all of them have been upgraded to the biocorrosive ammunition and all of them just have their standard lightning gun and for the third and final fast attack choice i have a unit of three tarantulas all with quad guns so okay. just three quad gun tarantulas. That's the it's first time I've pretty, ever heard you put tarantulas in any list. So the, the Mechanicum ones get quad guns and they're pretty damn good because they're ballistic skill three. And so having three just on their own with nobody touching them, ballistic skill three quad guns is pretty good. What's the profile on a quad gun? Like I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little bit, it's uh, a, it's, it's a four, four shot twin linked auto cannon. So it's strength seven AP four four shots twin linked, and you got three of them. So it's twelve strength seven twin link shots BS three. That's that really have intercept good. and sky, that have interceptor and skyfire. Wow, I've never faced any quad gun tarantulas, but wow. Well, the, nobody can take them, but Mechanicum. Yeah, I man, never seen anybody take them in a list. Very cool. Well, and I feel they fit. They fit with this list because they're automated, yeah. if that makes sense. So it's like all robots. It's not like crewed by anyone. So um, for the last choice in the army is a heavy support slot. Um, I have two a unit of two Thanatars 
uh, just base, just two Thanatars with the Siege Mortar. Um, so the idea is your two Magos Dominuses, uh, one goes with the Vorax, and one goes with one of your two units of Castellax. Um, probably the three would just the uh, Bolt Cannons, the bigger unit. And then the Arch Magos can either go with the other unit of Castellax or go with the Thanatars. I would probably put him in with the Thanatars. And then what I would do is the other unit of Castellax that doesn't have someone in it, the, the Darkfire ones, because your range on Cybernetica, I believe, is it's either 18 or 12 on Cybernetica. I think it's 12 normally and 18 in their army. That's right. Um, yep. They can stand pretty far back behind you, and you walk forward with your wall of more close combat, close range ones with your Archmagos in there, and the other ones just kind of walk along behind you, and they're still going to be within range. And then your Vorax one will outflank somewhere around in your enemy's deployment zone, and you'll have your Archmagos in another area in the other unit, either the Thanatar or the other Castlax walk forward. So that should give you, when you're talking about three 18-inch bubbles, that should give you a huge coverage area for your Vorax to, or your Vulturax to fly around in and still be in Cortex range. Because it's so very important to make sure your Vulturax is... Nice and <laughs> nice and nice and not dumb. I just tried to include all the automated. The only ones I couldn't fit in here were the uh, the jump one, the all attacks, and the the siege one. That's elite. What's that thing called? Domitar. Domitar. Yeah. And the only reason that is uh, is uh, because I wanted to fit the three skill X units in, just so you had some scoring. Uh, and then you have to take two units of Castle Axis troops. Yep. And then I wanted to fit the three Magoses in. So it was just one of those things that's kind of out of points. If you wanted to be a little softer, I didn't feel like two Volturax in one unit was horrible in a 3,000-point list, to be honest. They're they're kind of... And then I put, like, the Tarantulas in and a bunch of Skill Axe in to try to soften it a little. I mean, the Tarantulas are good, but they're still just an unmanned sentry gun. You can run up an assault type of thing. Um, they're good at uh, stopping flyers, obviously. Damn, dude. Cortex um, controller range is 24 inches rather than 12 for Cybernetica. Oh, it's double. Okay, there you go. So, yeah, you're going to have plenty of board coverage for all this shit with three guys. So, that's why I wasn't able to fit the Alatax and the Domitar in there, just because I wanted to spend points on some other stuff. But, uh, I like the list. I think it's fun. I think it's fluffy. Um... Uh, and he can obviously, if he built this, would have plenty of units to pull out of it to make his uh, allied detachment. Because if you look, it's got a heavy support unit, a fast attack unit, five troops units, and then HQ. So the only thing he's really missing is elite. So he could still go get him an Alatax or a, or a Domitar or a couple Domitars or whatever, just so he could have something from every slot if he wanted to do an allied detachment. And then you could swap the Vulture Axe out for Domitars or something if you wanted to soften the list a little bit more. Very cool. I ain't mad at it, man. Did I say Alatax or Vulture Axe? Swap the Vulture Axe out for Domitars. I don't know what I said. There's too many axes and automata <laughs> in that list. They all fucking sound the same. I am not mad at it. Definitely full-blown Cybernetica. Which we don't see a lot of, as far as list building goes. Nope. 
next list, Sons of Horus. Uh, this comes from Sam. Sam says, Hi, Ryan. I uploaded my list for review on the Warhammer 30K subreddit and was told I should email you for list list advice. Uh, I'm looking to play Sons of Horus very early in the heresy, probably just after the name change. Uh, real quick, on the name change, that happened... When did that happen? Was that Pre-heresy. That was pre-heresy before the heresy even broke out? Yeah, that was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it was like... But that was before... Um, that was actually... Let's see, they did that, the Sons of Horus, after Olinor. So like when the when the first book starts, when they're all still fully ill, um they they were already the sea green, I believe. Ten four. Alright. I owe somebody some money then. Anyway. Um <laughs> No, for real was an argument in the store this weekend. Sorry, Doug. Anyway. Uh I want to keep some elements of fluffiness and definitely want to make use of a Le- of Jastarin. I just bought a Leviathan and a Sakaran Venator, so I would obviously like to make use of them! Exclamation mark. I would obviously like to make use of them! There we go. I also <laughs> own the models for Horus, Abaddon, and Loken. Hope you can help. Find attached my work in progress list that I sent to Reddit. Man, I wonder if I saw this guy. Yeah, so his list is a 2,495-point list. He's got Ezekiel Abaddon, a Jastarin Terminator squad with uh, two Power Fists and a Multi-Melt. What? Jastarin's going to take a Multi-Melta? Yep, that's their special weapon for their... They're the only Terminators that can take a Multi-Melta. Wow. For one and five. And a Chain Fist. Uh, then he took a 20-man tactical squad, Legion Vexilla, with bolters. Uh, the sergeant has artificer armor and melted bombs and a power sword. Uh, then he took a rhino for them, uh, took melted bombs on the sergeant and a power, a power sword on the sergeant. Oh, no, I'm sorry. This is a second tactical squad. I was thinking... Yeah, so the second tactical squad, 10-man, sergeant has melted bombs, power sword, inside of a rhino... He took that unit twice. So he's got a 20-man tactical squad on foot. He's got two rhinos running around with 10-man squads inside of him with a power-sorted sergeant, Ryan's favorite. Um, then he's got... <laughs> power-sorted and plasma pistol. Turn that clock back to 1996. <laughs> <laughs> then he's got a fast attack choice, which is a Legion Outrider squad. Uh, he's got three Outriders with twin-linked plasma guns uh, to kill themselves. And a bolt pistol on the sergeant with a power axe on the sergeant as well. Uh, then he's got a reaver attack squad. Uh, the sergeant has artificer, oh, I guess artificer armor, jump packs, and there's nine reavers. Uh, they've got a power fist and four power axes. Um, then he's got another reaver attack squad artificer armor, jump packs, ten reavers, power fist, four power axes. So he has two very expensive assault units. Uh, then he has a Leviathan Siege Dreadnought. It's got Armored Ceramite. Two Leviathan Storm Cannons. Oh, he made the Death Blossom. Beautiful. Uh, with a Twin-Linked Volkite Caliber and Twin-Linked Volkite Caliber. Uh, hmm. Don't know why I did that twice. Because so. it's each each nipple. You have to upgrade it twice. He's using Battle Scribe. Okay. Yeah, so it's one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. 
then it's got a Sakaran Venator Tank Destroyer with uh, Armored Ceramite. And that's it. So it's a little bloat. It's a little heavy list. I get it. And I can already tell Ryan's going to got some things to change. Yeah. So what I did, we can do both or do one, whatever you want to do. I wrote him a drop pod base list and a ground base list. I want to hear the drop pod base list because I feel like that's way more Sons of Horus. Especially with all these okay. reavers and everything like that. So what I did, I tried to keep a lot of the units that he already had in his list and just kind of rearrange it and fix things where it was just better. So for the drop list, I still kept Ezekiel Abaddon with this claw or this power fist and power sword. For the second HQ, I took Malagurst the Twisted to make his reavers troops because he wanted a lot of reavers. Don't run those guys if you can't make them troops. Um, so for troops, I have a 10-man reaver squad. Two of them have, or so the sergeant has artificer armor power fist. Uh, two of the guy, normal guys have power weapons to make them whatever. Um, the other seven guys have chain axes, and the entire unit has jump packs. I have that unit twice, so an identical unit is the second troop's choice. For the third troop's choice, Malagurst makes both veterans and reavers troops. So for the third troop's choice, I have not a nine-man vet squad. All nine of them have combi meltas. The sergeant has artificer armor, and they're going to take machine killer most games, but you can also take marksman with them if you wanted. Um, for elites, I have five Just Aaron Terminators, three of them with lightning claws and two of them with chain fist. Um, for fast attack, I have an Anvilus Dreadclaw. For heavy support, the Anvilus is for uh, Malagurst and the nine veterans. They're going to ride in that Dreadclaw. For heavy support, I have a Charybdis Assault Claw, which is where the five Justaren and Abaddon will go. And then for the second heavy support slot, I have a Leviathan Dreadnought with Siege Drill, Storm Cannon, uh, uh, the Titty Volkites, Armored Ceramite, and Phosphex Discharger, and it's in a Dreadnought Drop Pod. And then for the third and final heavy support choice, I have a Sakaran Venator Tank Destroyer with Dozer Blade. Okay. So he's got three drop pods, so he'll get two turn one. Um, then the, he's got the Reavers. can start on the board or Deep Strike. I'd probably just start him on the board in this list. Um, and then he's got... What else did he have? Oh, the Venator. So your Venator and your Jump Dudes will probably start on the board, and then turn one, you're going to get two of your three drop pods. And then you'll have one drop pod in reserve. Can't go wrong. That's a fast list, dude. It's a very fast list. It's decent. So, just to give you an idea, the ground-based is essentially all the same shit. Like, the the HQs, the, the troops are all the same. The elites are the same. The Leviathan's the same. Um, the only difference is the Scaran Venator's in there. I took a Spartan instead of a Charybdis to put the uh, Terminators and Abaddon in. And the Veterans are in a Rhino with a Multimelta. And that's just driving so, forward and fist bumping yep. up the Rhino. So you got the one drop pod with the Leviathan in it. And then the, the Terminators are in a Spartan and the... Uh, veterans are in a rhino, and then the the reavers obviously jump forward. Malagur still goes in the rhino with the veterans, so that's the two different lists that I built for him. 
Well, man, that's very nice of you. He got best of both worlds on that one. I think he said he wanted to do the drop list. Yeah, I would too. It just it feels more Sons of Horus. But sneaking in Malgurst. As per usual. Well, it's he's so important if you have <laughs> re, like the only way to make him troops is it. him or that awful or the awful reaving right of war. And people are always like, I don't want to run Malgurst. I'm like, just fucking make a dude with a banner standard call guy him, and call him, call him something different. Like he's just kind of like if you want to run that specialty unit, you almost kind of have to take him. <laughs> yep. And who doesn't want to run Reavers? Like, it's like seriously, like that. Like people play Sons of Horus because of those models, and they like, like some dude at Forge World was like, "Oh, we're gonna make some money on this Malgahurst model. Make them ugly as shit." <laughs> well, they didn't make a model. There's no Malgahurst model. You have to convert him. Oh, I thought that was that ugly dude with that ugly banner. Well, a lot of people just use that model as a base to convert it, but it's not really Malagurst. Oh. Well, converters out there, there you go. <laughs> Listen up, old Mad Robot Miniatures. Go ahead and get that guy out. But neither one of those lists actually use a um, right of war, which is kind of cool. So he, I think he said he was going to just make it uh, Long March. So you get the benefits because I mean, and it, it fits with within all the drawbacks. But I didn't have to take a right of war because Malagers does everything you need him to do. <laughs> what a true bro! What a good guy. Good guy, Malagers. <laughs> Which ugly? Ass. Um, you want to hear two more random just Darren facts? Of course. Because you didn't know about the multi melta. Yeah. The, you know they're the only Terminator squad in the game that can go above ten models. Uh no, I didn't. It's. I think it's a typo, but it is in the book. They start at five now when they used to start at like three. Or they used to, yeah, they used to start at three and you could buy seven, but then they bumped the starting squad up to five when they redid the red book, but didn't change the buy additional seven guys. So they start at five and you can buy seven additional. So you can actually take the squad up to 12. <laughs> Sneaky. <laughs> what do you do with that? <laughs> <laughs> what is They'll that? fit in a Spartan. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You can fit a care. Uh, you can fit. You can fit two artificer armor characters. So you could do like a chaplain and a nasty praetor, and then put twelve just Aaron and throw them all in a Spartan, like a Primus Medicae and a chaplain or whatever. Whatever you wanted to do, you could. It'll all fit in a Spartan though. Um, I don't know what a what job a twelve man. <laughs> Justerian Terminator squad could do that a 10 man Justerian Terminator squad couldn't do. <laughs> but, you know, the ability to have that's pretty cool. Um, the other thing about them, and I believe I didn't go through everything, but just going off memory, the Justerian and Death Shroud for Death Guard are the only two Terminator units in the game that don't have access to a Spartan as a dedicated transport. Okay, that's kind of rude, but yep, you have to take it as heavy support if you want to put them in there. They don't have access; they have access to the to the Phobos, but not Spartan. Hmm. Don't know why Forge World hates uh, Sons of Horus so much, but and Death Guard. But all right, that's fine. Just kidding. It's all right. 
So extra, extra fun facts for you folks at home that are playing along. Take some shots or do it. Go ahead and put those in your pocket, boys, and tell your uh, tell the people you're playing against. You got to take that big gulp, like that nerd gulp. That well, <laughs> did you know <laughs> the nerd gulp? <laughs> you know when you're just sucking in air. <laughs> well, the nerd gulp. That's funny. <clears throat> It's it's all about the Justerian. There's only twelve models. Okay. Anyway. Next one comes from Ryan Cross, powerful Ryan Cross. It says Dreadwing list help. Oh my goodness. Australia, mate. Australia, mate. G'day, Camel. Was wondering if you could help your boy out with a two point five Dark Angel Dreadwing list. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I tried. Um pretty much starting my Dark Angels from the ground up. Again, after not being happy with my current paint scheme. Dude, I feel you. Uh, please feel free to include whatever models you think would suit a Dreadwing Force. Although, I definitely want to include a Legion Okay, Blade. stop reading there. Stop reading there. Oh. Just stop reading there. No, anyway, go ahead. That's where I wanted to stop reading. Go ahead. <laughs> and a sprinkling of spicy phosphex. As if it fits the themes. As if it fits the themes. But not enough to bend my opponent's boner. Uh, looking forward to see what come what you come up with. Thanks in the from the Kimbo computer. Uh, cheers, mate. So, so the part the part I didn't like was the glaive, and I actually hit Ryan up because we're buddies. We talk all the time. I'm like, bro, I really like this email. It really started well, and then I made it to glaive, and you killed my boner. You bent my boner by you wanting me to put that stupid glaive in. There. Bent the shit out of that boner. Um, so mainly. I don't. If you wanted just to put a glaive in any list, I don't really care. But trying to build this Dreadwing list and push this theme where people can look at the army list and tell what he's doing with it, it just sucked up too many points at twenty five hundred. I really felt that. Um, I would have had to sacrifice way too much to fit it in there. That it's just going to look like a Dark Angel list with a fucking glaive in it. Nobody's going to know what the hell the theme <laughs> is supposed to be. I'm being serious. And then, then on top of that. I don't like the glaive. I think it sucks. So it's a cool looking model. I don't like the rules. If I pay 600 points for a fucking tank, it should do more than do a whole point to the rhino. And people are always like, but Ryan, it's strength AP2. AP yeah, against infantry, when you shoot a vehicle, because it has haywire, you totally ignore the profile 100% and just roll on the haywire table. So on a 1, it does nothing. On a 2 through 5, it does a glance. On a 6, it does a pin. So if you roll a six, you can pin a rhino with your fucking six hundred point tank main gun. Woohoo! Like <laughs> I'm all set. Uh, not that impressed with it. It's really good at killing infantry, but so are many other things. People are like, I would kill a lot of infantry with it. Yeah, well, I can take like six corpse whirlwinds. <laughs> literally, so is literally everything that you would associate a dreadwing list with. <laughs> like, yeah. So sorry, not to shit on the glaive. I know there's lots of fans. I always people always get mad at me. It looks so cool, and then the, they do the yeah. Well, this one game, I'm like, yeah, I know. You probably have friends that walked at you with whatever, and you shot them, and they all died. Good for you. Anyway, um, <laughs> Gla- hashtag so glaive for hit. this list, <laughs> for the uh, for the HQ for this list. So this has no right of war because there's no actual Dreadwing right of war. So I just made a generic list but made it as Dreadwing-themed as I could. 
And if you read, if you know the fluff in that Gav Thorpe book, they talk about how the Dreadwing is like was an old formation that they had that's now been split up, and it's like part of all kinds of different units. Yep. And the one dude that leads the Dreadwing like comes forward and like puts the phone call out, and it's like they all like break off from their traditional unit and all form up into the Dreadwing. They all do their that, Dreadwing stuff. They all get that call on their fucking special watch. <laughs> Gordon tells them, yep. like, hey, we've got to really murder all these dudes. No failures allowed. And it's like, oh, sorry, guys, I got to go. Right. Did y'all not get the call? No, y'all aren't part of the Dreadwing? That's cool. That's fine. So. so this list is essentially a Highlander list, except for one thing I repeated, but you could actually put them in the same unit and it would be a Highlander list. So that's the other cool thing about this list. So I tried to do that and make it as diverse as possible while keeping the Dreadwing theme, because that kind of fits with the Dreadwing fluff because of what we just explained. So for HQ, I have a Siegebreaker. He's your compulsory HQ. So he's got Phosphex, a single Phosphex bomb, Artificer armor, Bolt pistol, Tyrannic greatsword, Melt-a-bombs, and a boarding shield. So it's got a big fuck-off sword and a big fuck-off shield. I love it. You can model this guy up, make him look fucking awesome. Um, for your second HQ choice, I have a Moritat. Moritat has Artificer Armor, two Volkite Serpentas, Melt-a-bombs, Refractor Field, Jump Pack. This is your lone fucking Dreadwing assassination killer guy. And the only time uh, I've ever seen Ryan put a Moritat in the list. So. For troops... I have a 10-man Breacher Squad. Two of the 10 have melt-a-guns. Uh, the entire unit has melt-a-bombs. The sergeant has Artificer Armor and Power Fist. This is where your Siege Breaker will likely go. Um, for the second troop's choice, I have a 10-man Tactical Squad. Just a bare-bones Tactical Squad. They're in a Rhino with a uh, pinnel-mounted multi-melta. Um... You could actually, my thought kind of was, I didn't put it on this list, but my thought was to make these dudes the spoilers, the bolt pistol chainsword. If you read the fluff on the spoilers, they were like, you know, like cleanup duty. Like they were like people who were wounded or whatever. They would go in, clear buildings and shit. That's why they were armed with bolt pistol chainsword. They were basically like an assault squad on foot. So you could run these dudes as the spoilers, which I think is fluffy. Just mercy. And then there's this. Or you could, I let them with the bolters, but Ryan could make them the other way or whatever. Um, or you could try to cut something out of the list and come up with 20 points and give them the trifecta weaponry, bolter, bolt pistol, and chainsword. Either way. Um, but 10 tactical dudes, Rhino with Pillow Mountain Ultimate, that's your second troop's choice. For elites, I have a 10 man veteran squad. They're going to take marksmen, so they have outflank. Mm. Uh, the sergeant has artificer armor and power fist. Um, they are also in a Rhino with a pinnel-mounted multi-melta. The reason I chose these guys, the Sniper, even though it's Sniper and it always wins on a 4+, I kind of took them to represent, like, poison ammo, almost like how they... Because they get the acid rounds. Yeah, okay. So you could you could say that the even though it's the Sniper rule, you could pretend in your head that it's some type of virulent poisons or special rounds that they're using that always win on a 4-up to kind of match the acid ammo. I dig it. I don't see why anybody would have um, Yep. I mean, it's not changing the rules. You're just, like, making some shit up in your head to make it cooler. Uh, for the second Elite's Choice, it's uh, five Terminators. They're Cataphracty. Two of them have power weapons. You can make them whatever you want. Two of them have Chain Fist. 
The sergeant has a power fist and a combi grenade launcher with stasis shells. And they are in a dedicated anvilus dread claw. Um, for the third elite's choice, I have a single quad mortar upgraded to phosphex. So just one. And for the uh, fourth elite slot, I have another single quad mortar upgraded to phosphex. So the only phosphex quads in the list, there's two of them in separate units, just two. Don't go overboard, people. <laughs> um, for fast attack, I have a five-man jet bike unit. All five of them have the molecular acid shells, which is very Dreadwing and um, also Dark Angel. For the second fast attack slot, I have a Primaris Lightning Strike Fighter with two wing-mounted Kraken Penetrator heavy missiles, two sets, so four total. Um, wing-mounted Phosphex Bomb Cluster, so there's your Phosphex. Battle server control and ground tracking auguries. And then for heavy support, I have a Leviathan Siege Dreadnought with drill, Grav Flux Bombard, two twin linked Volkite Calivers, Armored Ceramite, and Phosphex Discharger. And it is in a Dreadnought Drop Pod. So if you look, your Leviathan has Phosphex, your Primaris Lightning has Phosphex, your Jet Bikes have Poison Rounds, your two Quad Mortars have Phosphex. Your Terminators have the Stasis Grenade Launcher thingy. Um, your Veterans have the Sniper with the 4+, so you can say that Poison Rounds. Your poor, poor Tactical Marines are just the spoilers, but they still like describe them in the fluff as being destroyery or, uh, you know what I mean, dread-wingy. Yeah. Uh, your, your Breachers will have your Siege Breaker in there with, uh, oh, also in this list, I forgot, is a Termite. Because I couldn't add it to the list. Okay. What's in the termite? Uh, so this list this list is two two thousand four hundred twelve points without the termite. The termite's eighty points. So the termite will be the third fast attack slot. So the breachers and the siege breaker go into the termite. Okay. I dig it. Very and good. then you got your your more attack with the Volcate. So I feel like this is pretty dreadwingy. It's got a lot of like ancient prescribed weaponry. Phosphex, Volkite, the Graphics Bombard thing, um, all the poison rounds. I think it's pretty cool. Pretty fluffy. And the only thing that repeats are the the two rhinos and the two quad launchers. But like I said, you could just combine the quad mortars into a single unit if you wanted to. Absolutely. Big bad Leviathan comes in too. It's all Everything in there is like that crazy, like esoteric weaponry, you know. And right. It could represent That's the idea. It, so. Very cool. I like it. Just uh, whatever you're painting that up, Ryan. Um, make it cool, dude. Put like a whole bunch of different like company numbers on your dude shoulder pads, so like you can. It looks like they're all drawn from like different squads and stuff. And I'm assuming. See, I'm assuming and I was looking. So, so let's say he wanted to run his glaive in this army. It's like 600 points. So you're gonna have to drop the Leviathan right off. So that goes away. What's that like? 430 so points. That's that's 440. Then you're probably gonna drop the Moritat. And then you could throw your glaive in. 
probably. That's 440, 540. Yeah, it's 610 points right there. I don't know what a glaive is with armored ceramite. Not worth a Leviathan. And cool as Moritat coming in hot. But anyway, he could do that if he wanted to. That's what he'd have to get rid of, though. Yeah. If you didn't drop the, the Leviathan, you would just, I think you'd have to gut the list too much where it wouldn't fit the theme anymore. I hear you. Dude, that 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 Leviathan with its... I'm not a big fan of the Graflux Bombard. It never does anything for me. But that Phosphex Discharger, man, that thing will do some fun. you got to pick the right target for the Graflux. It works really good on bike, jet bikes, and quad mortars. Because it ignores cover. Quad mortars are always dug into ruins. Yep. Bikes are always jink. And it's a toughness test on two dice. And because it's a toughness test, the gun doesn't have a toughness. You have to use the crew model on the fucking gun. That's what it says. Characteristic test. So, because it's the... There's three models. When you do the toughness test, the crew outnumber the gun, so you use the toughness four of the crew. I never knew that, man. That's some very important so, knowledge, though. Yeah, and it uh, it uh, ignores cover, so it's still it's very fucking easy to put that template down and get a lot of the quad mortar guys and be like, well, guess what? Roll two dice under four. Oh, you don't? Well, you take this many wounds and all your fucking shit's dead. <laughs> your stuff is now all pressurized into the size of a small rock. And then what? And then whatever's left, you can also shoot the phosphex at them because it always wounds on a three up, regardless of toughness. Mm. Uh, even, even though it's a normal roll to wound because you only use the gun's toughness on a traditional roll to wound and the graviton mortar thingy is a characteristic test not a to wound roll and a characteristic test is different and it says use the majority toughness of the unit which is four Jesus I've never known that I'm pretty sure some people's brain this little light bulbs are going off everywhere Oh, I'm sure somebody will want to argue with me on Facebook. <laughs> well, actually, it's... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let us see here. So next one, this comes from Seth. This was actually the Shattered Legion list, and this was the, actually the petty story where he uh, busted open that stink bomb thing on that chair so morning gentlemen I'm trying to wrap my brain around building a 3000 point shadow crusade world users word bearer shadow legion matchup featuring Karn and someone tooled up to represent Argle Tall I'd like to take advantage of the crimson path route of war too I haven't bought anything yet so go wild to pay for this request I present you the following story we already read the story and yeah, that's it. That's all we got. What'd you do? And who'd you who'd you make represent Hargle Tall? Uh generic Praetor. Okay, that's fair. Um so here's the thing. Sean uh Freed pointed this out to me because I posted this list because I was proud of it. So I gave Karn Gorechild, because I wasn't even thinking about like you just give Karn Gorechild because he's fucking useless without it. Powerful Let's be fair from the Drop Pod podcast, but he pointed out that at no point in time was Argle Tall around. I won't say why, 
spoilers for the fucking eight-year-old book. But Argyle Tall is never around, quote-unquote, when Karn has Gorchild. Oh, that is solid piece of... That is a solid piece of advice. Sean, you're so smart. You're so smart. So, that being said, I left Gorchild on Karn for this list because he's pure shit without it. But you maybe want to model him with something different, but play with it with Gorchild rules. Or you can just man up and run shitty Karn with that stupid cutter that's a fucking power sword and have him suck balls every game for like 185 points. It's up to you. I don't care. <laughs> I put it with Gorchild in the list, um, but technically, 100% fluff-wise, he wouldn't have had it. So take that as you we, Me and Jake Bussey were talking. like We were all in the same chat, so Chris Pretty was like, I would just take it off. Me and Jake are like, nah, fuck that. He's pointless without it. We would just run him with the rules, but model it as something different and explain to my opponent, and everyone would understand. And then, I don't remember what Sean said, but Sean was the one that pointed it out. But anyway, that's a fucking, that's the history of what's going on before we get the, the air swallow gulp thing that you're <laughs> pointing out on Facebook. Uh, well, Karn so the H <laughs> didn't actually have Gorcha. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so if you're HQ, it's Karn the Bloody with Right of War the Crimson Path. Uh, taking Gorchild. This is a Shattered Legion's list, by the way. And he has Gorchild, but not really Gorchild. He's got uh, Gore Blood Baby, baby or blood, something. Yeah, blood Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Completely different axe. Uh, very very yeah. strong. Very powerful axe. Totally different. Uh, it's a, not an axe. It's a hatchet. Um, yeah. Anyway. So for the second HQ, I have Argletal, but to represent him, I took a Praetor with burning lore and he's going to buy biomancy with his burning lore. Cause I feel like biomancy, whatever you roll power wise will closely represent Argotal's powers. Cause you'll either end up with like a strength toughness bonus, a initiative attacks bonus. Um, you'll be able to make your opponents weaker, which makes him seem stronger, even though it's kind of weird. It still makes him seem tougher. Uh, you could end up with uh, feel no pain you could end up where he shoots the beam of death and regenerates life. Or you can end up with hemorrhage and just ignore the psychic face altogether, even though you have psychic powers, because that power is fucking useless. And it's not worth even rolling to maybe suffer perils to even attempt to use it, because it sucks balls. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. Praetor. Burning lore with Biomancy. Uh, he's got a Power Fist and a Paragon Blade to represent the sword and the Halberd, so he has two specialist weapons or whatever. Um, but Argotal also has big, big, crushy hands because he's a demon. So the Paragon Blade represents the Custodes weaponry, and the Power Fist just represents him being super fucking strong. You can switch between the two. Um, digital lasers to give him bonus attacks because he's Argotal. Uh, Iron Halo and Jump Pack. The Jump Pack represents his wings because he's flying around. So that's my version of Argotal. Okay, I like it. Uh, for troops, I have an 18-man tactical squad. These guys are going to be world leaders. Um, the sergeant has artificer armor and power fist. For the second troop's choice, I have 15 assault marines. These guys are going to be word bearers. 
three of them have power weapons. So, yeah, that's normal dudes. So three of the normal guys have power weapons. The entire unit has melt-a-bombs. And the sergeant has artificer armor, bolt pistol, and power weapon. So in total, there's four power weapons in the unit. Everybody has melt-a-bombs. So this is the unit Argletal will go in. And the 18-man tactical squad is the unit Karn will go in. Um, for the third troop's choice, I have a tactical support squad. These are guys are going to be world eaters. Uh, I bought the additional close combat weapon for them and made that additional close combat weapon a chain sword and then traded it in for chain axes. And then everybody also in the unit has a flamer. So it's the Scalithrax pattern tactical support Marines. Um, so that's 10 dudes uh, or nine dudes with chain axes and flamers. And then the sergeant has artificer armor, power fist and flamer. Uh for elites, for the first elite choice, I have five Galvorback. The Dark Martyr has Artificer Armor and Power Fist. For the second elite choice, I have a Apothecary Detachment. Both Apothecaries have Artificer Armor and Chain Axe, so they're both going to be World Eater. Then I took a, another Apothecary Detachment for as a third elite choice. That Apothecary is going to be Word Bearers, and that Apothecary just has a Jump Pack. Uh, and then for the fourth and final elite choice, I took five Terminators. All five are in Cataphracty armor. Three of them have Chain Fist, and two of them have Power Fist, and they're in a dedicated Anvilus Dreadclaw. These guys will be World Eaters. For Fast Attack, I took an Anvilus Pattern Dreadclaw. Your uh, Galvorback going there. And then for the second fast attacks choice, I took a Storm Eagle assault gunship. The Storm Eagle has two twinling glass cannons on the wings and the nose-mounted missile launcher. This is where your uh, Scalithrax pattern tactical supports will go, is in the Storm Eagle. For the third and final fast attack choice, I have nine jet bike sky hunters. Uh, the one of the nine is upgraded to the sergeant. And then of the nine, three of them have Volkite Culverins. These guys can be World Eater or Word Bearers. In my head, they were Word Bearers, but you can make them whatever. Um, and then for heavy support, I have a Charybdis Assault Claw. And the Charybdis is where Karn and the 18-man goes. So with the three Apothecaries, Karn's unit... So Karn... So you have an 18-man tactical. Uh, Karn goes in there, and then the Apothecary goes in there to make 20. They all go in the Charybdis. Uh, then you got one on with a jump pack for the 15 assault squad where Argotal goes. So it's Argotal, 15 assault marines, and the apothecary. Then the last apothecary will go with the 10 tactical support marines into the Storm Eagle, which holds 20, and you got an 11 man unit in there. So everybody has a ride. So what? So you're waiting on reserves just for the Storm Eagle. You've and one the, claw, because you got three claws. Claw. You got a Terminator, yeah. you got a Terminator unit and a Dread Claw, a Galvorback unit and a Dread Claw, and then Karn's unit and a Charybdis, and then you got a Storm Eagle with the uh, tactical support marines in it. And then you got jet bikes, which can deep strike, and that's it. So everything deep strikes in the list, which I thought was good for Shadow Crusade, because they're attacking planet after planet after planet. 
Um, you don't have to deep strike the jet bikes and the assault marines and Argle Tall and all that. There's no reason to do it. I would probably start them on the board, but you can. It does give you the option if you want to, and it's it's themey and fluffy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the only thing is, I I could definitely see you having a like crisis on which units you should bring in. Like, should I bring in? Uh, Karn's big powerful unit so they can charge next turn. You would definitely bring in Karn's unit. You would bring in Karn's unit and probably... See, now you've got uh, the the Galvor back or the Terminators. Right. And and that would be... I would probably do Galvor back and then do the Terminators a little later and then your flyer will come in. And that'll deliver the the troops. So that's like turn turn three charge on whatever comes in the Dreadclaw set. Well you don't need second. to charge though. They have flame they have flamers. So even if you came in turn two and immediately got out, you could shoot something with your flamers. I gotcha. Makes sense. That would be but the only thing they are world. they are equipped assault wise to take advantage of charging out. Because they, the flamers are assault weapons. And then their dual-armed close combat weapon, even with their flamer, because they have flamer, bolt pistol, chain axe on all those guys. And because they're world eaters, they're going to take the rage, so they're going to be four attacks a guy on the charge of chain axes after flamethrowing you. Yeah, after you thought you just got your ass like beat by Karn's unit, some Galvor back, and some big unit of Terminators, then come in the cleanup crew of equally as insane dudes in a Storm Eagle fist pumping out their windows and you got to remember this right of war is the one that gives you the bonus to the feel no pain oh yeah i know <laughs> so karn's unit is going to have a four up feel no pain and then the guys in the storm eagle if they deploy out in their enemy point zone they'll have a four up feel no pain and then even though they're word bearers and not world eaters because you benefit from the right of war because of shattered legions the word bearer assault marines with the apothecary, if they make it to the enemy deployment zone, will also benefit. <sighs> yep. You get some crazy stuff when you start working Shattered Legions. I mean, it's you know, not it was... any crazier. Like, if this was all uh, world eaters, those uh, assault marines would still get. Yeah. Feel no pain. Get the benefit. Yeah. Yeah. There's no. I didn't give any. Like, I, I didn't give the Galvor back feel no pain. And then fucking make it a three up or anything. No, I hear you. Nothing crazy. No fucking, you know, fire drakes and a. I think the Galvorback. So the weird thing about Galvorback is they're not Legion Astartes. Did you know that? They're the only quote unquote Space Marine unit that don't have the Legion Astartes rule. Okay. No, I didn't know that. More knowledge you're on this podcast. Okay. Um,. So Galvorback don't have Legion of Stardes, so I'd have to read, I, I believe, because when you do Shattered Legions, you replace your Legion of Stardes rule with the other one for purposes of Rights of War, because they don't actually have Legion of Stardes, they don't replace it. So they couldn't benefit from it anyway. Oh, very cool. Yeah, no, that's right. No, that's how that works. I didn't know they didn't have Legion so, of Stardes, though. Yep, they don't. Because it doesn't Just come up very often. <laughs> So, super cool, man. Super cool. But I thought it was fluffy. It's still pretty strong. 
Um, it really fits the theme of what he's wanting to do, other than the fucking Gore Child axe. That's the only thing that doesn't really fit. I'm pretty proud of it, other than that. But I, yeah. I can't bring myself to encourage someone to run Karn without taking that weapon, because he's like pure shit with a power sword. Yep. <laughs> it's very true. I mean, if you want to know what he's like, just build a generic Praetor and give him a power sword. And tell him to go to see town. How you do. Yeah, good luck with that. Give him the tool so he can work. Don't, don't make him bad. So anyway. So that's it for lists. Definitely not all the lists Ryan got. That was five of the lists we were in the in the but you know, in the essence of time, we wanted to like just pick five lists out of all the ones that Ryan actually got. And uh, I know our episode already was like two and a half hours because or three hours because of all the uh all the voicemails and everything like that. So we, we, we picked out five and Ryan, how many did you get all together? Something insane? Like twenty or something. I have a, I have two Imperial Fist ones that we didn't do on the show, but I did already. A militia list, a Night Lord's list, um, a Raven Guard list, and then I got, uh, let's see what else. I did some that I just messaged people with. Shit, I don't remember. I did an Alpha Legion one. I did another Mechanicum one. I did three. Three. I did two small Night Lords ones for Centurion because he's escalating. So like this at seven fifty, this at thousand, and then a twenty five hundred point list. Like this should be your goal at the end. Um, then I did some that we might do next week already. I did a Salamander one, Salamander Orbital Assault list, um, and I don't remember what the other two are. They just keep rolling, rolling in. Well, oh, I did another orbital assault list and then I had some other questions to answer. So these three people, I put them in the floor cause I'd forgotten about them. Like I didn't put the people in the floor. I threw their list in the floor. So when I get up to walk out of my chair, I'll walk over them and remember and I'll answer them tomorrow at work. We were supposed Fantastic. to discuss them on the podcast. I wrote, if you see my system is when I do a list, I write done when the list is done at the top of the oh, paper. Big and nasty. D O N. If it's a, if it's a story, I wrote story. If it's both, <laughs> I write story and done. And if it's just a question, like these are, I write discuss. So discuss. that's my system. <laughs> but I had so many papers, you can fucking see. I got these that we did. I just throw them away after they're I do done. them. I mean, they're in my that phone. I, I throw away the that physical copies. These are the ones that were the discuss that I forgot about. These were the stories that we had. These are lists that we didn't go over. And this is uh, Craig's list. Not the fucking website. A guy named Craig. His list. Um, his Alpha Legion list that we've been supposed to go over forever. We're supposed to talk on the phone. And the stars just haven't aligned for that to fucking happen yet. But Craig, if you're listening, get with me. We'll talk on the phone. We'll get you sorted. Hey, Ryan, I um, saw that you, uh, you throw those lists away uh, when you're done with them, of course. Like you're done with the paper. Yeah. Do you burn those in the burn pile? No, why would I? Oh, okay, never mind. I was wondering if maybe at some point when you set your backyard on fire, maybe some of those ashes got inside of you and there's actually people's lists got inside of you. In me? Of, in me? In you? No. <laughs> okay. People are in me. 
Um, no, that did not happen. Okay, that was a fair thought. There is cat, probably cat feces in me because I just burn it. I use the wooden <laughs> cat litter, and I just burn it. And that was on the fire that spread to the yard. So that probably burning fucking cat urine probably got inhaled into my lungs. So that's probably part of me. Oh my god, that toximoplasma or whatever is inside you. Yeah, now. that's probably what I have. Yep. Where oh. I fucking act all crazy and speed and get road rage and am attracted to fucking cat piss or whatever it is. So fucking gross. That's a real thing. That's terrifying. Yeah, like 50% of the people have it. So we probably have it. We both own cats. We're probably part of the 50%. Yeah, but I don't like the smell of cat. I hate the smell of cat piss. But I don't I do like the smell of any cat. piss. <laughs> well, I extra hate the smell of cat piss. That's for sure. So... Anyway, guys, that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, Go check out our Heresy Camp episode that we just dropped. It's got some information in there for Heresy Camp. Uh, Feel free to share that around. Go and share it amongst your peers, especially if you're a a horse heresy enthusiast. Uh, Even if you can't make it, maybe one of your friends can, and uh, you can get sweet pictures from them if they go to Heresy Camp. So uh, go send that out. Go share it, post it, do whatever you can. Uh, as well, buy them tickets you, by July. We have a hard cutoff, people. Quit fucking waiting. I know July of at 1st. least half a dozen people that are like, "I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna buy the ticket." They haven't bought the ticket. It's either gonna <laughs> sell out or time's gonna run out, and then they're gonna be sad. I'm not gonna feel bad for them. I told them <laughs> that will be laughing. So, if you need more information on that, feel free to go to heresycamp.com. Go check that out. As well, we do have the latest episode that we dropped, the just Heresy Camp information, if you want to hear our voices tell you, because you can't be bothered to read. Which, that's fair. I get it, too. I'm the same way. I don't. I haven't bought a Black Library book in a long time. All audiobooks, boy. We also have a Facebook page. Go check us out, uh, Radio Free Istvan on Facebook. Uh, we have an Instagram, Radio Free Istvan. Oh, speaking of the Facebook, man, we hit 5,000 likes. We didn't do anything for it. Uh, but super happy about that. We were fighting for a long time to get to that 5,000 like mark. So definitely appreciate all you guys who hit that like button. Uh, as well, guys, if you're enjoying the podcast, go ahead and give it a review on Apple Podcasts. That way every little bit helps, man. Every little bit helps. It helps us get it out there to everybody. Uh, as well, we do have a Patreon page, a dollar a month or dollar an episode will get you access to our chat that we have. It's called the Crusader Host. And everybody in there is talking heresy 24-7 all the time. It's nonstop. All the time. Doesn't stop. Maybe maybe a little bit. Stops a little bit when and they start talking about other things like uh, Alistair fighting with cold steel swords. and. But other than that, it's pretty constant. Uh, anything else, Ryan? Anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, I didn't want to tell these people just so they understand what's going on. These discussion ones that I forgot will go over next episode just in our email section. So Llewellyn, Matthew, uh, Chris from Georgia, and Jackson will we'll get you guys next episode for sure. I just forgot. We read some of your stories, whatever. We didn't talk about whatever. If it's imminent, if you're having a little plastic man emergency and you can't wait, a week or whatever. I, um, for real, I'm not being sarcastic. Like, if you really can't wait, just hit me up, message me, email me again, whatever, and we'll discuss it right then and there. No big yeah. deal. 
Our emails are Michael at Warmer30k.com, Ryan at Warmer30k.com, Scott at Warmer30k.com, and Derek at Warmer30k.com. And uh, we'll get you sorted out. So yep. that's going to be it. Y'all have a good one, guys. Bye.